This is Radio Free Istvan. The following public service announcement is direct from the Praetorian. Do not look directly at the Black God machines. Any dreams of paradise should be duly ignored and combat stims taken immediately. Remember, all defectors will be shot on sight. Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio First Fan listeners, and welcome to episode 177 of the Radio First Fan podcast, a horse heresy or gaming podcast. My name is Michael. I've got my co-host Derek here. Let's hey, what's going on, Derek? How's it going, everybody? And uh, we've got a pretty good episode planned for you guys. Yeah, uh, I know we we missed an episode there or two, and uh, yeah, some some stuff came up. Uh, a local, you know. Local emergency situation, but it's all settled out now, and I think uh, I think we can probably start getting back on a more consistent schedule here. Yeah, uh, but we do have a great episode for you. Uh, we're gonna go over some Discord updates, some hobby updates. We're gonna do some Solar Ox talk, so I'll talk about some of the things that dropped out and some hell yeah, some other releases talk, as well as we're gonna touch on the uh, end of the death speculation, what happened there, and uh, oh yeah, it's been a it's been a wild weekend with LVO and a bunch of stuff going on. So, but yeah, uh, first off, let's go with some Discord updates. So if you're yes. not part of the Discord, if you just go to warhammerdiscord.com, any browser, type in warhammerdiscord.com, I'll take you right into the Discord. Uh, the, the community's thriving right now. We just uh, uh, held a tabletop simulator uh training in there so there's people playing tabletop simulator in there so we had to make rooms for tabletop simulator so people can play that as well so we trained 11 people in tabletop simulator and now they have trained other people in tabletop simulator and so there's just like this wild growth going on in there yeah and uh i I told i told some of the people i was like hey uh if you ever want to play just hit me up i'll probably be down and so i get like messages like three o'clock in the morning it's like you up you know, you know, play some tabletop simulator. It's like, oh, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> if you're gonna twist my arm, I guess. I suppose. Yeah, the like the really quick setting up, not having to tear it down, and this like, like because you don't have that like, I guess uh, that kind of like the contract of like uh, that gentlemanly contract that you're gonna finish it through uh, mm-hmm. because it is this like really quick like pickup game, and you're just like, okay, I lost. So I think we could pull it here without, and I'm I'm fine like yeah, shaking like it, hands and walking it, away. If I drove 90 minutes to get to the game store, meet you for a game, and by turn two it's like, oh yeah, the the game's kind of decided. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, you drove 90 minutes. I don't want to like. I'm gonna let you kind of you know push me in. No problem. Finish, I guess. <laughs> to, to completion. Yeah, to completion. These are more of a you know hey. We, we know how this is going to end. Yeah, you yeah. win. Let's shake hands. And yeah. we could reload another one, or I can go to bed like I should be. <laughs> so, uh, Or we'd always run a Whataburger. Yeah. Get a Whataburger. We're on at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So, but check that out, man. It's super exciting that we got that added in there. We also added a uh, commission printing and painting side of the Discord. Uh, we started to see, we had a trade channel. We, we and, and by the way, we do limit our trade channel to... Uh, uh, 18 and up. So it, it's just, it's easier to manage that way. And then, uh, we do also have now a commission printing and commission, uh, painting portion of the discord. Uh, so, so if there, cause we, we, I've noticed this is a huge uptick lately 
of people looking for other people to print stuff for them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. it seems like that was just naturally the way to go. So there's a number of uh, printers on there. You know, people start going to start coming in after, I guess, hearing this that are going to say, oh, I I can print out for people as well. And so uh, go judge their work as well. And then we also have the, um, I guess, like a voucher side of, you know, reviews. This person's a good guy. He printed for me. So I traded with this person. So that's now in the Discord as well. Um, a good place for it. Last month's winner for the, the painting December. challenge, we had full throttle. Was the uh, was the the prompt was the prompt? Well, that was the competition topic, and so we actually had a a beautiful, beautiful Iron Warriors army that was uh, that was painted in one day, or I think maybe even two days on this one. Uh, powerful, powerful Achilles in the Discord uh, for full throttle brought in six Iron Warriors <laughs> predators, predators yeah. with full like the dozer blade, hazard, hazard stripes, stripes the whole <laughs> nine yards. Uh, yeah, love to see it. So that is as full throttle, both in context and in uh, I guess in practice as you could oh, yeah. go with painting. So uh, congratulations, Achilles! Uh, you took the. Uh, December, January is still on full blast at this point. Yeah. And, uh, this month the, the topic is blood. However you decide, if you want to do like a, a completely covered in blood, Sigismund or something like that, uh, blood is the topic for this month. Uh, however you interpret that. Uh, I think somebody was even doing like, you know, oh, we're blood brothers. So he's painting brothers or something like that. Like it's however you interpret it. We're pretty open. So, uh, Always interested in unique interpretations. Yeah. So if you're interested in that, once again, it's free to enter. It is completely community voted. Uh, it is a $50 gift card. If you uh, if you do win that, that's supported by the Patreon supporters, powerful Patreon supporters. Uh, $50 gift card to the... Uh, to your friendly local gaming to store. To your friendly local gaming store. Unless for some reason they're impossible to get paid like Achilles was. Like for some reason Australian dollars and PayPal did not work out for his game store. So I just PayPal'd him directly. So sorry your game store did not work out that way. But we got you know, his $72.25 of Australian dollary dues, which is the equivalent of $50. American Burger Bucks? American Burger Bucks over to Powerful Achilles. So we do our best, but, you know, we're obviously not going to hold your money if your store can't (laughs) figure out the uh, gift card system. So If they won't take the money, somebody will. Yeah, somebody will. (laughs) So it's a good time in there, guys. Go check it out. Uh, It's just one of those things where, like I said, it is always popping. It's a mixture of... Peoples who are coming in from this podcast, the Radio Free Cadia podcast, or the TikTok. And then, like, you'll see on days when the TikTok's popping because you'll just see a ton of welcome new people coming in. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, Michael posted something up. Better check it out. So, yeah, WarhammerDiscord.com in any browser will take you straight as an invite to our Discord and get in there. Couldn't be simpler. It could not be simpler. And everybody asks me, I can, tells me, I cannot believe you got that domain, and neither can I. <laughs> so we just we just live with that. We just do that. As a wiser man than me once said, sometimes things just work out. Sometimes things just work out. 
All right, so let's talk about some hobby updates, man. What you been doing? All right, so uh, for those of you not in the States, last week we had a major freeze over most of the continental U.S. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, hit Texas pretty hard. Uh, Texas had a really bad one in 2021 where a lot of the electrical production also went down due to the freeze. Yeah, people died. Yeah, it was a, it was a dire situation. We can handle hurricanes, but you can't really throw random coldness at us. We don't understand it. Yeah, give us an inch of snow and everybody just freaks the hell out and dr- people are just crashing into each other. It's it's a mess. Yeah, we just don't have the infrastructure to handle these sort of things. Yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. But a Cat 5, send a Cat 5 our way and we'll drink oh, it through. We're oh, fine. people, yeah, people ride it out on their porches holding flags. Yeah. I synced it. But... Yeah, so a lot of us kind of still had that fresh on our minds, so it was pretty heavy panic mode for a lot of people here, so good luck getting anything from HEB. Nope. If you need any kind of food, I'm sorry, they're sold out of everything. People are freaking out, panic buying everything. But thankfully, we made made it through that pretty okay. Uh, none of the electrical production went down. ERCOT said that they had fixed stuff since 2021, and we shouldn't have an issue, and everybody said, cool, I don't believe you. Right. But everything seemed to, everything was okay. It was pretty cold, but nothing like shut down. We'd have to like camp out in our backyard. But we were ready to. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, boy, were we ready to. So that's kind of what I was focusing on last week. I had a door fall apart. How? How does that happen? So it was one of those cheap like hollow doors. It's like particle board glued together with some wood veneer. Okay, yeah. And I guess like the veneer on the bottom started to peel off and then... Some of the boards in the middle just came unglued and like fell and started falling out the bottom. It was like, I don't understand how a door fails like that. Was it, was it because of the freeze that did that? I don't, I don't, it could have been. I have no idea. Well, like, so yeah, like if there was moisture in it, that moisture freezes, expands right. and comes back and it's like pushes it off. And then like, that's how, that's how giant rocks fall apart in mountains. Oh yeah. But you know, also cheap particle board doors. I would imagine it's something very similar. Yeah, uh, I don't know, because it, it was like a slower process. It might have started, I think, before the freeze, but I know the freeze probably didn't help. Okay, so your door decided to uh, put in its two weeks' notice. <laughs> yeah, just... And what door apart. is this? Was it like your front door or like your... No, it's like an internal door, like a bathroom door. Oh. Like, like, it's like one of those cheap particle like particle board doors you could just walk through. Your house does not want you to have any privacy in the restroom. No, no, like, it's very adamant about getting you exposed. Everybody's going to know what's going on in there. <laughs> but yeah, and it's like a weird size. It's like 23 and a half inches wide. Okay. So uh, trying to find a door that size, we'll see what happens. Oh, so you still haven't located a door for this? I hadn't started. I was meaning to, but then freeze stuff happened, and then it just kind of was crazier from there. And, Okay, so chasing around my dad's PA, helping my helping my family out with other stuff. Gotcha. So uh, as far as hobby goes, not too much on the Warhammer side. Uh, BattleTech's been popping off on the shop. Still trying to get more terrain printed up for that. Uh, just kind of like the three D hex. I think I talked about this before, right? Where it's just hex terrain, like risers for the elevations that they were going to print out, like extra copies of the map to glue on top. Yes, so yes, like a 3D yes, yes. Representation yes. of the map. I've been printing out more of those, and uh, I've got some friends who are we're going to start a D and D campaign here before too long. Oh, which campaign? The new Dragonlance one that came out not too long ago. Okay, okay, yeah. So uh, this kind this time come around, I'm going to be DMing it. 
Oh my god. Yeah, so a buddy of mine, he was DMing one of the Pathfinder, the Curse of the Crimson Throne, and it took us like two years to get through it. Yeah. Just because we'd meet like monthly. So part of that, there's a board game called Warriors of Kryn to help you resolve like mass combat. And looking at the like game board that sets up for it, have you ever played Dynasty Warriors? No. Have you ever seen it played? No. I thought it was a video game. That is a video game. Oh, <laughs> I was right. So in said games, you're basically a warrior and you're fighting and you're getting like 1500 guys killed per battle. Like you're just walking through a field of dudes, just mowing them down. Well, when you hit, when you pause it, it goes to the map and the map's got a bunch of different colored, like unit tiles and different like battlefield areas. It kind of looks like the pause screen from that. And I saw that. I'm like, this is incredibly interesting. So I've kind of been hyper fixating on this board game for a little bit. Okay. And just because, Mass combat is one of the like weirder things to educate in D and D, yeah. Especially when you have like a party of like highly specialized, like sp- effectively spec ops, trying to do something like a party. Yeah, they could pick a front and then just join like Lord of the Rings style of unit, and then you're playing Warhammer Fantasy. Yep. But more likely, they're better off running around and trying to accomplish very specific things. Correct. Yeah. So this this one it kind of is a really interesting way to kind of resolve that and. That's just been going on. My brain's like, oh, well, imagine doing it like this and just detaching it from a board game and now using this as like a D&D tool because the board game has like a scenario book of different. It, it connects to the campaign. So the campaign, you can do it as a normal D&D campaign, but every so often it'll say, hey, instead of doing this, you can resolve this with scenario four from this board game. Okay. And it's got ways to like incorporate a D&D character and kind of figure out what abilities they would have in the board game. Okay. So I've been trying to play through that and get ready. Cause if, if we're going to do this for a campaign, I'm going to have to be the one that sells the party on it. Yeah. 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 So I kind of have to know how to do it as seamlessly as possible. Yeah. I was like, all right, let me pull out my board. I mean, just <laughs> you clear all this dungeons and dragon stuff off the table and make a huge pile on the ground to roll out. This big old other completely separate Warhammer Fantasy board <laughs> with these. Uh, everybody pull out your moving sticks. <laughs> well, so like there's different battle tiles, which are about, I guess, six inches wide. And yeah. then you've got different unit types on them in different ranks. And it kind of abstracts all of it to just little colored tokens for like, oh, this is a unit of foot soldiers. Here's a unit of archers. Here's a unit of cavalry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, just been kind of like focusing on that probably more than is healthy. Oh, that's good. But you know, that's how my brain works. Are you going to go buy a lathe to make like a bunch of little wooden tokens? Uh, the thought had come up. I'm probably not going <laughs> to do that. I do own 3D printers. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. that's been a whole nother thing that's been like, you know, I can take this little cardboard tile that has like a castle wall on it. And I can just like beep, boop, boop, bop, and then have my 3D printer chug one out. Yeah, make it way sexier. And just like, hey, here's the battlefield. What's up? What's up? Yeah, well, now we're in it. Now we're immersed, baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? In person once a month? Usually, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That'd be tight. And once a month is kind of flexible. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Like I said, it took us like two years, maybe two and a half years to get through a campaign. Yeah, what level did you make it to? Uh, 17 I think very cool yeah it was one of the like uh, pre-written campaigns yeah 
Yeah, it, it was he. He picked up the book for like super cheap. Normally, it goes for like two hundred bucks. Yeah, and he found it at like a half price books or something. I forget where he got it, but he got it for like 50, 60 bucks. And he's like, hell yeah, let's go. Just giving it away. No, that's very cool. That's very cool. And, you know, as like a, hey, thanks for devoting, you know, two and a half years to running this campaign. I'll tell you what, you get to play the next one. I'll, I'll run the next one for you. Bless. Hashtag bless. That's what, it, that's what every DM dreams to do. Yeah. Is to play in a campaign. <laughs> So yeah, you're gonna try and run a campaign. And your th- your thoughts are you're gonna put this uh, uh, mass combat system in there. Yeah, I mean if it's already meant to integrate it, may as well see what it can do. And if it turns out it does a lot that I like to see, maybe I just keep it in my back pocket and uh, maybe hack it into some other campaigns if I do. Yeah, that's tight, man. That's exciting. Write up a paper on it so anybody else who wants to can have some advice. Yeah, very cool. And if you even make those tiles in 3D, if they don't already exist. I didn't see anything for it on cults. I still need to look at Thingiverse, Thangs. I uh, didn't see anything about it for Tabletop Simulator either. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, that might be into something. I haven't heard of it. I mean, I'm not super deep into 3D D&D lore, but... You know, that's pretty cool. I mean, me neither. You I kinda, could be the guy. I could be the guy. I did look at what it takes to run D&D in Tabletop Simulator, and there's some add-ons that make it work. Ask Tyler. Talk to Tyler about it. Okay. He's done it before. Yeah, I mean, everything he needs is just kind of right there. Yeah, If yeah. you just need to like, oh, I need to pull something out of nowhere real quick. Uh, Google search. This creature. Hey, put this on a token. There we go. Done. Donezo. Like, to me, that seems like one of the most intuitive tools to use for it until, you know, D&D Beyond and Roll20. Yeah, Roll20 is pretty pretty wild, especially Roll20 with the the uh, Fog of War and all that jazz. And then if you get the actual campaign that's been made for it, somebody made, and you can buy that, that's that's really... Pretty close to plug and play. The closest I've ever been. (laughs) The close, without actually being, like, in the game. I can't wait till, like, AI starts getting involved, but... We're like oh, right yeah. around the corner for that. Oh yeah, I'll see some of the random stuff you're throwing into the AI generator. I'm like, he's playing D D right now. That's why I can tell. It's yeah, that, that's 100 <laughs> percent what I'm doing. That's 100 percent. Yeah, oh, if you look, if you go to the Discord side, we actually have a a plugin for Mid Journey, and so uh, you can go in the uh, the AI. It, you you only get so many free hours of I guess like uh, computing time, and it's like deprioritized. Like I've never been able to get it to work for me because I'm not subscribed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I pay the money a month. So, like, oh yeah. Let me get this. Let me mess around with this. Oh, we got an unusually high traffic volume. Sorry, we'll get to yours sometime. Yeah. If you look at this past week, so so we actually have a a a section in our Discord called AI Art, and you can ping the Mid Journey bot. And like last week, I had a, uh, I gave my, (laughs) I gave my, uh, familiar who was in weasel form, I gave him Dragon's Breath. Oh my god! And so that's why you, I tried to make this little weasel breathing fire, trying to burn down spider webs. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't want to waste all my time using an action to burn down spider webs. Here, little weasel, come here. That's <laughs> come here. what the interns are for. I was like, there, I'm touching you. You have dragon's breath now. Go do your thing. I don't want to. I'm, I'll hold the concentration, but I'm trying to keep my hands free. You know? <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> just that's what little, is what is a familiar for if not for outsourcing your magic? Yeah, little, our kid's name is Little Pequod. <laughs> little Pequod. Everybody's really not happy with the way I treat Pequod, but it's, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, hey, 
every yeah. time, every time, like I, <laughs> that's the point of having a totem pole, right? I made it very clear at the beginning of the campaign that Pequod is not real. <laughs> Pequod is a in an abstract of my imagination that is happen to be magical, but does not have thoughts of his own. It is a it's a bundle of magical forces that your brain really can't internalize, so it just interprets it as a weasel. Yeah, and I get that. But when I send him full force into death, do not feel bad for him because that is not a real object. So <laughs> I assume everybody else just completely ignores it every time you say that. Yeah, because they've all in love with Pequod. It's their mascot. <laughs> What's not to love about the little weasel guy? So there's this one thing where it's like there's this dragon, right? It's like, what are we gonna do? There's a dragon, he's flying around. I was like, all right, well just give me that thing. I'll get put it on Pequod, go Pequod, <laughs> fly right at it. <laughs> like hopefully it swallows Pequod. Cause then that thing's now inside the dragon. <laughs> like it's like, what did you just you just sent Pequod to death? It's like that's not a real animal. <laughs> How are you still horrified by this? This is the sixth time I've done it this week. Uh I make it like very apparent that uh like keep in mind, okay. I'm glad we're talking TNT because we just we just finished our campaign. Uh, last Friday, a year and two months, uh, Lost Minds of Falandor or whatever. Should not have taken that long, but we burned down the entire forest. So we had to kill those, those goblins stay in forest. No more forest, no more goblins. Got to make an omelet. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, so my character, his name is Landry Boudreau. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Bill Dotrieff's cousin, uh, Oh, uh, the, for the from Louisiana. Yeah, so the Southern gentleman. Oh, that's yeah. a, uh very very much uh, <laughs> extra extra. The <laughs> it's like when <laughs> Hank goes, uh, the Saints are looking good this year. It's like I don't really care too much to, for the Saints. I'm always looking out for the sinners myself, <laughs> and they always look good. <laughs> that's that's Landry. Landry Pedro is like that Southern gentleman who's questionable in his sexuality, but also like. Is uh he's a wizard. He's an enchantment wizard, <laughs> and so, oh, so he's yeah. trouble. <laughs> so he's trouble, right? <laughs> and so, uh, but he has no. Uh, I guess uh, friendships to him are are kind of uh, uh, temporary, <laughs> and so uh, that is that is the whole, his whole gag is is Landry will be your best friend until it's no longer needed, and. He'll cut terminate service <laughs> as soon as possible, and so uh, that sounds like a f- very fun character. It, it dude, it was the funnest I've ever had because <laughs> so like uh, it became like a trope where I would trick my party into thinking that I had changed my ways, <laughs> <laughs> and so what happened is I would uh, we would do everything we could, and I usually was using sleep to save the last guy to get information out of him, and I also had the actor feet so. I talk to them, get as much information as I could, and then hear them long enough to be able to use their voice and their, you know, dialect against <laughs> their future comrades in the most disgusting ways you could imagine. And <laughs> I believe the term for this character is uh, problematic. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, he would we would put the person to sleep and when he'd wake up, I'd cast friends on him or I would use my uh, instinctive charm or any sort of enchantment method I decided to use on this poor fellow who's woken up because he just woke up and saw his best friend, right? And so I would talk to him and like generally we'd have a manacled or whatever and I would say, you know, I was like, hey, so what's going to happen is uh, I'm going to let you go 
and you've got, as you said, you had kids, so I need you to head straight out that door and not look back. And With all the confidence of Chris Hansen, just, oh, you're free to go. Yeah. <laughs> but almost every time I would go to unlock this man's manacles, I would drive my dagger to his, to his uh, cerebral oh. cortex. Oh, my God. And, but I would... Every time I change up a little bit, so my party is like, he's actually going to let this one go. <laughs> like, this is way too nice. Like, He's, all, he's almost out the door, and th- there's the disintegration. <laughs> yeah, he got him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he killed him. I was like, what, y'all thought I was going to be friend, best friends with the goblin? Come on now. Hey, oh, he actually let him through the door. There's explosive runes on the doormat on the other side, aren't there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a... Uh, uh, yeah, that is a. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an absolute riot. Yeah, he was a, he was a, he was a character, old Landry. <laughs> and then you know he had Pequod, so it was just a, a problem all around. I, I, I like we had a boss fight that was. Um, if you're playing Lost Minds of Falandor, just go ahead and skip ahead. Like Fandelver. Fandelver. Yeah. Okay. Uh, go ahead and skip ahead like two minutes on this one. But there's a boss fight where you have to fight one of those like eyes with the like a beholder. It's like a beholder, but like a mini beholder observer spectator spectator. Yeah, spectator. And so uh, uh, we roll up on the spectator and he's ready to murder us. Well, I, I was like, oh, my God. And so I immediately go to Landry mode and I convince him that like we're supposed to be there. And like we're, you know, and I rolled a 26. Like it's like I was like, yeah, we're the friends. Like we're This is our mind. And then he's like, oh, cool. And he blinked out, dude. Like that is the level of enchantment wizard I am is like, like advantage on my, my check, like everything. It's like, it's like, Hey dude, you're in the wrong. And apparently there's like, Matt was telling us there's like a whole section on like how to convince him on just to leave. And we nailed it. And I was like, well, that's what I'm going. That's what I'm here for. It's like, we don't have to fight everybody. That's like my guy's whole shtick. It's just talks his way out of shit. <laughs> and then whenever things get rough, he just. Just fight your way out of a conversation and talk your way out of a fight. <laughs> Just level three fireballs, everything, <laughs> you know. So, but yeah, D and D's kind of fun. D and D's a good time. If you're not playing D and D and you're on the fence about playing D and D, just go ahead and get a little temporary campaign and just go try it for a little yeah, bit. You're gonna a have a good off. time. There's there's so many people out there playing right now. It's crazy. Oh yeah, it's it's exploded over the past few years. It's been absolutely wild. Oh. But yeah, that's kind of where my brain's been at for the past two weeks. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. That's fun. Yeah. What about you? What you got going on? Man, it's been wild. Um, so, uh, first things first, I guess let's go backwards from where I'm at right now. Um, Sorry, I got you sidetracked with the D&D talk. No, I love it, dude. I love it. it I, I, love my, I love Landry. He's like my favorite You're character. really good at making fun characters. Uh, yeah, he's. This is my second time playing Landry. I did him as a necromancer, which was kind of fun, but like I found out in that campaign that Landry really liked to talk to people, but like had no motivation, like or like no skin in the game. No skin just, in the game. It was just fun to talk to people, like as a southern gentleman. And just walks in and schmoozes. And so I was like, you know what? Let me take this a step further. I was gonna go bard with him, but I was like, no, I want to keep him a wizard. Cause like I also like to be slippery with him, like oh <laughs> combat, <laughs> poof poof poof. <laughs> okay, y'all deal with that. You'll have to excuse me, gentlemen. It's time I made my exit, but I do have a parting gift for y'all. <laughs> Here's one fireball for 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 your troubles. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, 
So, 3D printers. Who needs them? Right? (laughs) (laughs) You know what grinds my gears? 3D printers, screens failing. (laughs) What's the deal with 3D printers? Uh, so I have a, I have a few 3d printers. I've got two Anycubic mono six K's. I've got a Anycubic mono X two, which they're about the size of Saturn twos. Yeah, yeah. One is six K. Uh, the mono X twos, I believe they're four K. I've got a mono and then, uh, I've got like the cleaning thing and all that jazz, but the mono X six K, my first one I got, the other one is in Jake's room. He print prints Gundam stuff with it. Hell yeah. But my X2, I've been going the terms hard on it. Like, hard as a motherfucker, dude. Like Just running this thing ragged. Running it ragged. And um, uh, I, I started printing the Dire Wolf Warhound Titan. Yeah. Is it called, still called a Warhound? It's still a Warhound. It's so the Warhound Dire Wolf, right? It is a Scout class Titan. I think it's called, I think it's just called a Dire Wolf instead of a Warhound. Okay. Okay. So the Dire Wolf ta- Titan. Yeah. The okay. one from Titanicus that either has the Volcano Cannon or the... Neutron Laser. Yeah. Yes. Or And I think they actually added on the gravi- Graviton now and all that jazz <sighs> in Titanicus. Damn, I love Grav. Yeah. But definitely this model does not have that. This no. barely has a Neutron Laser. But... It is almost a one for one like representation of the, the, the Titanic is version twenty eight mil. Yeah, and the guy who made it is I think it's called War Doggo on Colts, and it the guy who pre supported it and made it is this is probably some of the best pre supported STLs I've ever had in my life. Oh hell yeah! And so I would go set up a print, go to bed, wake up in the morning six hours later, print's done. Peel it off, put resin in, set up the print, go to bed, and and you have to imagine like all year, I have at least every week been printing something, and now if you're not aware of like resin STL or resin printing and all that jazz, it has an LCD screen that is a consumable item. Yes, it is something that will eventually fail after so many hours. Can you'll start- confirm. Well, uh, after a pretty heavy stretch of, I want this dire wolf, let me go ahead and order two liters of resin, and let me go to town, and bam, 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 print, 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 all of a sudden, hard cut off. Mm. Like, just a straight up flat line across. And I said, okay, I've had this problem before. Last time I had this problem was a power shortage. Like, power went off, and then came back on, and... When that happened, whatever, yeah. Desynced somewhere. Yeah, okay. So I went, and I went to go empty my VAT, which if you're not familiar with the VAT, non-3D printers, it's like the like the tub of resin that your build plate dips into and uh, has a, uh, a screen underneath it like that shines through the plastic to cure the resin against it. Usually when you have a failure, if it doesn't stick to the VAT and continues on, you're going to have a little a puddle of cured resin at the bottom of your... Yeah, just like a little hard blob stuck to the bottom of that thing. Okay, well, there's nothing there. Uh-oh. And I was like, that's a bad sign. That's a bad sign. It's either a uh, a bad SD card, a bad USB or something, because, like, if there's not nothing there, then it stopped printing cold turkey, which is worrisome, okay? 
So then I was like, all right, well, let me clean this out. So you have to go through a whole process where you have to get cleaned out. You have to get everything working and all that jazz. And damn it. I said all that jazz. And now, hey, now Aaron happened. just it's fine. ticked. It happened. It actually happened twice because you referenced it, but it'll be okay. We'll do, we'll do, we'll do all right. Uh, yeah. In the, in the Discord, Aaron is playing bingo and I forgot all that jazz is in the bingo. That's the third time. All that jazz, all that jazz, all that jazz. All that yes, all that jazz, all that gas, gas, all that has. I don't know it's how many times I say it. All yeah. that jazz. So, jazz that all. Does that count? Is it? Do you lose points for That's, that? I don't know. We'll have to take it up with him after the podcast. Okay. So anyway, so resin printer got it cleaned up after diagnosing it. I go to go print again, and nothing. Two hours of printing, blank build plate, empty the resin nothing's on the screen. And I was like, all right, screen almost definitely went in a night. So I went and did the, the, the test to go see like the exposure test, the exposure test. And there was still light and everything. Yeah. So you get the, there's two different components to it. There's the backlight, which turns on when it's trying to cure the layer. Mm-hmm. And then there's the actual screen, which is just a, uh, it's just a clear screen. It's like a calculator, right? Yeah. Like a calculator screen. So it, resist yeah, like it so, turns on to block that light right Yeah, so it defaults as black and then when it turns on it it resists it effectively to make a clear image right at the same time it does that it turns on that led backlight which shines the uv through and that's how you get that cross-sectional image of your print layer yeah well both of those seem to be working but i don't know either way so just the screen just kind of wasn't didn't have the juice to give it yeah. Like there was still some resist even on what it was trying to print. Yeah. It just made essentially like a, like a plastic film is what it, the best way I could describe it of nastiness at the bottom of my screen on brand new resin. So it is what it is. I realize, I mean, and in my heart, I knew it was coming. Like I knew, like I've been using that printer for a long time now. Like that thing has the hours put in it. I wish I could, I wish it was like had an hour meter so you could see how long. Oh, they should. Cause that thing has printed me a lot of models off of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as much as it hurt, it is one of those things where it's not financially responsible to replace that printer screen anymore. Yeah. Once, once they get old enough, the, the screens, you can still get them, but they're not as readily available. They're not as cheap. And so the difference in cost between the new screen for that printer and just a whole new printer. Yeah, that screen's that printer screen to replace is $180. But for you know $250, you can just get its newest replacement. Yeah. So I went and I bought... It's biggest brother. <laughs> I was like, I'm getting a printer. I'm going to go hard on it. And so, uh, Just printing nights in one, one piece, one go. Let's go. Let's do so, this. So I went, I went like, and, and obviously there's this whole, uh, brand loyalty, you know, like some people do, you know, the Elgu, mm-hmm. some people do, uh, any the, cubic, any cubic, uh, I've, there's a few w- more brands that popped up that when I would look yeah, at Yeah. 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 So I am any cubic brand loyal uh, solely because, and, and 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 keep this in mind. I've heard this on both sides of it. I have had exceptional customer service from any cubic. 
exceptional customer service. They have every time helped me out. They've assisted me anything I've needed. They've taken care of. It's just, they've given me great customer service, but I have heard on the opposite that they also have terrible customer service. So I have no idea. I just know about where I'm coming from. They have great customer service, but I have heard that they have bad customer service, but until they show me bad customer service, I'll continue to start buying from, uh, I will continue to buy all my printers from mini cubic. Um, even though the Saturn three looks hot, but so that being said, I don't think anybody is going to fault you. Definitely not anybody here. Yeah. <laughs> so the any cubic M five S is what I picked up, which is a 12 K printer. And it no longer uses the, uh, the clear screen and actually uses like a, a frosted screen. And it's called like an AFM screen or something like that. Huh? It's a completely different, uh, uh, screen on it now and it's all based on how it operates and this thing prints in normal resin like 110 millimeters an hour or something like that it's fast as shit yeah 110 millimeters an hour. like vertically yeah yeah oh my god and so it's like uh just ripping that's just my old one was 80 uh, 60 to 80 and so this one it's fast and so when I when I jumped in, I got it this week. I jumped in. I was like, yeah, let me just go find some people settings. Uh, you could buy fast resin for it, which is completely different. And, like, people are printing uh, full models, like, full vertical, like, 8-inch, 9-inch models in, like, an hour. Like, monster models. They're printing. That's, like, that's like a figure. Yeah. They're printing them in no time. Um, I'm still using and still love Sunlu ABS. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, let me go into this and let me just print normal speeds and see what I can get. I don't really, I'm not really in it for the speed. I'm in it for the 12 K. I want to use the 12 K from it. And so, uh, the first model I printed was like, I went to go do the cones of calibration and I guess I was going too slow. So I kept failing it over and over again. And they're like, Hey, this printer's not great at printing like really small stuff, really slow. You got to print it like pretty quickly. And so I got some support there and I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to go, like, full turkey, and I'm going to go fast. They're billing it as a fast printer. Let's use it fast. And I was mad, dude. I was mad. I was like, dude, it was like this stupid printer. Like, I, I bought this printer. It doesn't print small stuff. That's all I print. Like, and so I was like, whatever. I'm printing Titans right now. I'm printing. I'm finishing this Dire Wolf. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go hard on it. I'm going to hit. what? And so I got the Sunlu ABS, which is my favorite resin once again right now. And I, I put that into the build plate or into the, the vat, which this takes about, I think it's like 900 milliliters of resin inside the vat. So it's almost a full bottle. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fat vat. That's a, that's, that's significant. And by the way, like just some other side notes on what it does. It detects like if you don't have enough resin in the vat, it will stop. It'll detect if it's lost suction. So it won't keep printing anymore. Oh, wow. like it stops itself and it connects up to your phone. Like it calls out and says like, it like it it connects to your Wi-Fi and then like sends you a message like, "Hey, I got a problem. Uh, print failed, brother. You know, it's kind of cool, but also at the same time, piss you off because, hey man, bad news. Yeah, uh, it's not me, it's you. But uh, so anyway, uh, I found this guy on Facebook who's like, I use Sunlu ABS. Here's the settings I use, and by the way, here's my speed mod. And I was like, you said speed mod. And he's like, you're not going to get the best detail out of it because instead of printing at 0.05, you print at 0.1. But it's uh, way faster. Uh, it's still 
12K, so like still really good looking as far as like some of your other prints, but you know, just be keep in mind that this is like a very fast version way of printing. And I was like, well, I'm printing a Titan, so I'm not looking for like the smallest detail. Yeah. So let me just go ahead and test out the speed mod just so I can make sure this print works. And boy, <laughs> boy, did it <laughs> supercharged or what? So the, the same print turbo. So, so I loaded up the same prints on my six K that failed, which was a nine hour print. Okay. It was two hours and 14 minutes with the speed mod. Okay. And so I was like, that's insane. And so I went <laughs> mega print, mega print, mega print, like <laughs> essentially like a nine hour print, eight hour print, 10 hour print back to back to back. And like what happened was this was my dinner. Uh, yeah. So I was, this was Saturday night. I loaded up in the printer at like eight. I was done printing by like 11. I cleaned it all out, put the next print on. I was done by like two, two thirty, three o'clock. And then I was like, you know what? I got to get this next one. So I was up till five in the morning printing three prints that it should have taken me like essentially three days of printing. Like, cause I would have put it on overnight over and over and over again. That oh, that's so for those of you who don't 3d print, that is incredible. That's basically magic. I was telling, uh, I was telling Tyler and uh, uh, Eric, I was like, 3d printing is going to be um, God, unrecognizable. Yeah. Just how in, fast in it two is. years. Uh, this is, and by the way, if you're, if you're curious about the quality, that is the print that came out in two hours. Oh, and that and this is, is with the, the extra, and that is the size of this little mug is right with here. the size of the speed mod. That is, yeah, that is a speed mod on there. No layer lines, nothing like that. There is a little bit of anti-aliasing in there that you can see, but, uh, it's very difficult to <laughs> just to, kind of throw the whole dang thing away at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 wild, man. Yeah, that's that is a hundred percent the quality that you'd hope for. The only thing that I was a little bit concerned about was the um, uh, it was significantly hot resin when I got it out of there. Well, yeah, that thing's gonna be smoking. That <laughs> <spray>. <laughs> it's, I was like, this is uh, next level right now. So I got the gun and I got the. Uh, the sides printed. Hell yeah. So that's the old direwolf right now. That's awesome. So uh I love that lad. In March we have a uh mega battle. Yes. For the store for yeah. legacy. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to get at least two of those printed up. But now I mean if you can just do it, you know. I mean there, there's a lot of like almost three times as fast. That's significant. That's significant. There, this is going to change the large Titan game. I would honestly I find that frustrating because there's to me it's like, okay, print's going. Nothing I can do about it till tomorrow morning. That's it. That's how it's always been. This is work. This is a <laughs> put in an afternoon. Like, like if you had two or three of these going. You can so, have a Titan in a day. Yeah, like, oh, I got to go pop by, pop back by the house. I got to pop something off the build plate, get another print going, and then I'm good for the rest of the day. Yeah. And the fact that it's uh, this sends you text, like it'll send you a text message or like a, a notification, hey, print just finished. Yeah. So I was in, I was here playing Tarkov. So, oh, my print just done. And then I just go, you know? 
That's wild. It's wild. And like, that's not speed resin. That is Sunlu ABS. So it's slower than speed yeah, resin. That, that's not even the, the fastest you could be chucking this out. Yeah. So I got speed resin on the way. I got to figure it out. I know it's uh, not as uh, hardy as Sunlu ABS, mm-hmm. but I think at that size, you're not really looking for um, the toughest things unless you did drop it. By the way, I know this is going to sound crazy, um, but that entire <laughs> direwolf is unhollowed. What? That is a solid direwolf, yeah. That's why I use so much resin on that direwolf. Why isn't it hollow? Nah, it's just hardy. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. I love it. It's thick. She's thick and heavy and uh-huh. lovely. It feels like you're holding a resin model, like an actual resin model. Yeah, because you are. You sure are. You sure are, buddy. It sure does. So, uh, but yeah, so I'm printing that. I wanted to get at least this direwolf ready uh, for that event. That's the whole plan is to get that done. Um, I'm super excited because I have a big heart for Legio Ignatum. Like that is like Fire Wasp. That is my favorite. Hell yeah. My favorite Titan Legion. Um, Mars, baby. Mars, love it. You know, red, fire wasps, kicking ass. My planet's red and my titans are too. And if you don't like it. We're old as shit. We don't care. Love it, dude. Fire wasps for days, all right? So my whole, like, you know, I was really anti-titan. You know, <laughs> like, he's really anti-titan. You're very vocal about that for a while. Yeah. Uh, but I've, I was like, you know what? As soon as I saw the dire wolf was, because I was looking for, like, STLs for the dire wolf. And there's one on I should have a, said something that, that file's been kicking around for a minute. Well, there's one that is that I have seen kicking around. That is not the winner. Okay. That might be the one that I've got. Yeah. That one is uh, a little rougher. And then this one just got released like a, uh, maybe a month ago. Oh, okay. And it is, it's what, it's what you're looking for. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> no. Nice. So, uh yeah, so I'm ready to get this full production. Full like I'm ready for direwolf. I'm ready to get it painted up. Um one problem I am running into is and man, I don't know if I want to say this. I'm gonna have to. So we can just redact it if we need to. No, no, no. I gotta say it. Uh Fallout Hobbies. Yes. Four to six weeks production from ordering. Okay. So I ordered their stencils. Mm-hmm. Their uh their hexagon stencils. Yeah. I I know I've had good experiences with Fallout in the past. Some other people have not had good experiences with them. Yes. So so yeah. So so I ordered that and I'm like, "Hey man, I haven't gotten my order. Like where's my order at?" And like I'm, I'm like, "I ordered it on the 11th, which is, you know, I know. I know. I know. But hear me out. Hear me out." So, for those of you not in the room with us right now, there's a cricket on the desk right here. Yeah, he's got a hand on my cricket. I, d- I don't know how to use that thing, by the way. <laughs> it doesn't work for me. It never has worked for me. Okay. Uh, I get so frustrated with it, and I don't know what I'm doing wrong because I've, like, that thing has the best stuff you could buy for it, and I can't get it working, and <laughs> it just pissed me off. So that's why that cricket has sat there. It doesn't do anything. I can't figure it out, and I don't want to figure it out, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. So I'll anyway, stop, I'll stop looking at it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I told Jake, I was like, you better learn that cricket so we can use it. But I won't bring it back up. I'm sorry. I'm looking at it like that. Uh, so anyway, so, so, so 
so I ordered that, and I was like, you know, because I was pumped. I was like, let me get my stencils on the way. Let mm-hmm. me get this going. And I even bought some uh, uh, Amazon, like, <laughs> hobby stencils. Like, I was like, oh, maybe these will work. No, they won't. <laughs> Those are hard plastic. They yeah. do not care. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I want to go hard with the hexagons. I want to get the uh, the the kind of jagged squiggles that they now have for fire wasp for whatever jagged squiggles. Yeah. They, they, they don't have it on, uh, on fallout. So, but here's the thing. Okay. okay. All that aside, yep. all of that aside. Uh, and I think this is going to take some of our Fort Worth guys, but I did reach out. So powerful Viet, AKA uh, sensei swag. Okay. R.I.P. Uh, bless you, big dog. Miss you. Uh, he had the store, Sensei Swag, and they actually cut out stencils for his hexagon pattern and the, the squiggles. And they actually also made Legio Ignatum uh, uh, transfers. And so I know he's no longer with us, but the store is still up and it seems like uh, Rachel, who was his other painter that worked at Sensei Swag. So her name's uh, Rachel. She prints up, uh, she paints and prints mm-hmm. just like he did. Uh, I believe she's still running the store. Okay. So in one of his videos, the how to paint Leo Ignatum Warhound, they actually say, um, Hey, we are going to be selling these stencils and we're going to be selling, you know, this artwork and this, like these transfers maybe. And so I reached out to them and I'm hoping that they could be like, yeah, we can print you. We can cut you this out. And, and I won't have to wake the, uh, the wait, the four to six weeks for fallout. Uh, cause that, um, a month and a half, that's yeah. a pretty hefty waiting time. And I believe they're in the UK, right? I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, so I'm probably. And I've and I've heard the same problems with. Uh, and 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 by the way, I'm not trying to follow it. If you're listening, I've used you before. I've you had good experiences great. with them in the past. Yeah, but since the last time I've used them, I've had people say, "Oh," because they were looking for stuff. I'm like, "Oh, you checked out Fallout Hobbies?" And like, uh, not, and they, they just take kinda, too long. They're kind of apprehensive about that. Yeah, so I I do know there is some some time that I that needs to be had because it is made to order. And so four to six weeks, it's just a little bit, it's a, it's a big apple to, a bite to take. Um, but I did order from them. Those are on the way, but I would like to get something faster. And I'm going to see if, uh, if Rachel over at Sensei Swag is still selling, or if she, they ever started selling those. And if not, I'm going to see if they can do it again. Because his Titans look dope. Are nice. So, uh so yeah, so that that's that's what I'm gonna try and do there. But I've started like getting my reds knocked out. I've started kind of filling out how I'm gonna get this guy painted. I'm super excited to have him painted. Um, I don't know if you saw the way Tyler had painted the the Warbringers. Uh, uh, I've I've seen some of the work in progress from that. Yeah, so the metal of the chassis, he yeah. kind of did that non metal metallic uh, uh, chassis that this looks like a really patinaed metal yeah yeah that that's what i'm gonna go for i'm gonna use that recipe for that and then just do really red yellows and uh just absolutely make this boy shine oh yeah and yeah uh, i pulled up the titanicus book i'm seeing the what you're talking about it's like a 
they look like hazard stripes, but they're jagged. Yeah, so they used to be straight hazard stripes, and they used to have gold trim. But after Titanicus came out, they went to the jagged hazard stripes and black trim. Or like a dark silver trim. Hell yeah. So I think that I'm going to go with the Titanic's version Mm because it seems like that's the route they're going to take. That's the modern interpretation of it. Yeah. 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 So I'm a dire wolf on the way. I used a five minute epoxy, like powerful black label paintings. David Sampson uses. So trying to get these guys held together. Um, It's been a good time, man. It's been a, it's been that, that's what I've been doing kind of on the side. Um, I reached the 10K on TikTok, so I did that uh, yeah, uh, Shadow Wolves commission. So I got those guys painted up. While I was painting those up, I got a D&D commission, which was for a Kenku Cleric, where I 3D printed and painted uh, a Hero Forge model. And it was a, a, a Cleric uh, Kenku that was a gunslinger as well. So. Oh, wow. That was fun. That was fun to just to break it up. And then uh, um, it was cool because I showed like a work in progress where I was like, hey, this is where I'm at. What color should this cloak be? And the guy actually said, that is amazing. Like that is, and I was like, this is like step one. We're in the ugly phase right now. What did you just say? Like, all right, you stop here. No, I kept going, dude. Like, I was like, you just get ready. Uh, so really that's, excited. That's the hustle. You just give them one like insanely like way better than their expectations and now the rest of their models was like well i can't put it on the table next to this guy i gotta send these back <laughs> off to michael and paint well, the rest well, of i mean but that was like one of those things where like you forget like uh um we are not like we are not pro painters but we're definitely not basic painters yeah, we can definitely put out something more impressive than like a, a pre-packaged D mini yeah definitely so uh uh, it's hard to kind of get that feedback because I don't feel like I've ever grown out of the beginner painter in my head. Uh, so, like, in my mind, there's, like, I see all of my mistakes and everything like that. So um, it's it's nice to kind of just, like, somebody who just saw you on TikTok and was like, do you do commissions? Like, yeah, I do. And then reached out, got him, you know, going. And I printed his model and painted his model. I've never talk to this guy in real life or met with the guy and send it, send it off to him. So, uh, that, that worked out pretty well. Um, I picked up a, and this is kind of, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to doing this in both the 40 K side, but I'm, this is going to be my next kind of horse heresy venture is I picked up a, a full corn kind of demon host. Yeah. Which is, uh, uh, worked out kind of perfectly. Uh, I traded off my Thunderhawk for it. I traded my Thunderhawk for an entire corn demon army. Nice. Which worked out just perfectly. So this is like 50 blood letters, uh, 30 flesh hounds, uh, six blood crushers, blood crushers. They're special dudes. Uh, they're the special like blood crusher. There's a skull cannon in there. Uh, there is a uh, champion of uh, God, dude, Utah. I don't play chaos. A demon prince with wings. Okay, so he's in there. Uh, just a lot of fun stuff. No, no uh, uh, bloodthirsters or anything like that. It's no just kind of like no Laura skulls, <laughs> nothing like that. Just kind of the like basic like demon level of it. Yeah. And then uh, I found some pretty cool STLs online on, like, uh, getting that going. So 
it was completely unintentional to have this month's category be blood while I pick up an entire corn army. It Oops. just worked out like that. <laughs> it, whoops. Sixty percent of the time it works every time. <laughs> so uh uh the thing is, um I'm not a huge fan of the way they're painted. Okay. Um I had talked to the guy whose army it was before he sold it to the guy that I got him from. Mm-hmm. And he said that was kind of his first army that he picked up and the things he would change and all that stuff. It's like, well, that's good news. I'm stripping it. So <laughs> going in the brake fluid. Yeah. <laughs> going in the blast cabinet. <laughs> so, oh, oh my. So uh, I've got a lot of miniatures to strip, but I think I have a pretty, I think there's like 30 blood letters that are unpainted and there's like 20, flesh hounds and are unpainted. So I'm going to get an idea down on those guys. And then I'm just going to figure out kind of like a really fast method. Like blood letters do not seem that difficult to paint really quickly. And so, uh, I think what's going to take a while is I found a, uh, a lava axe, uh, uh, method of painting. I believe I shared it to the, uh, so I messages my direct messages on here. Because it was one of those things where, let me see here. So kind of like that uh, dark rock with like the lava flow beneath type look? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially like uh, lava cooling on the outside. But still like veins of glowing hot lava underneath. Yeah. Maybe I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so uh, I, I shared that and... It was essentially just like a different oranges with yellows in the center. And then you paint the outsides black. So I want to just kind of get like some fast red, some bold pyroli red from Monument Hobbies, get them washed with uh, some red transparent, and then just... Uh, just layer uh, in from there. Layer in from there. And then just have them have essentially... Because their, their blades in Horus Heresy, they're pretty significant because they, they do... Uh, I guess become AP three and AP two uh, on on sixes, something like that. Yeah, it's, they, it's they not rending. It's like it's like half as rending. Yeah, and so uh, uh, I d- I did want to uh, to make them seem like they did have some powerful blades on them, but also kind of make them uh, make them kind of pop a little bit. Yeah, the, the immaterial blades. Yes, immaterial blades. And so my my idea was, and this is just where my head's at right now is is get them painted up red, have them have really bright lava blades, uh, like the bright orange, bright yellow lava blades. Maybe, unlikely, but maybe give them a little bit of OSL from those blades. Mm -hmm. And then what I was thinking was um, Geek, uh, uh, Geek Gaming Studios Ready Basing System. They have this like black sands uh basing material okay. which is like a, a blackish brown sands mm-hmm. i wanted to get that basing material for their bases and like some extremely almost black if not dark brown tufts for for their basing for their feet yeah so it looks like they're on like a charred earth yeah and so like wherever they just came out of they're like they're like in Essentially, like what you would imagine a Vernus like land looks like, right? Like oh, just yeah. charred just this, and black, just this burnt out and depleted hellscape. Yeah, yeah. So hell yeah. Uh, I'm in the process right now of assembling those, 
And I wanted to I want to let you know something, Derek. Yeah, what's up? I have grown a little bit. And not intentionally, but just, you know, like it was something that Okay. So so my my TikTok is really based on a a teacher, like a uh a, a Dr. Faust is yeah. like is this is the idol I take after for my mm-hmm. TikTok because I get a lot of people that ask me, you know, I'm just brand new in the hobby. How do I do this? How do I do X, Y? And I could tell them, like, hey, so you do it fast, homie. Right? Like, get it. You just get it done. You fucking, if you fuck up, hey, cover that, right? You could do that. But these are, like, kids and teenagers and, and young men who have spent their hard-earned money to get these models. And I could teach them my method, which is loose, right? I It's loose and almost... <laughs> Almost disrespectful sometimes <laughs> to the, but it gets the job done, baby. But it gets the job done. It gets them on the table. That's how you start playing. And so I have to slow myself down and say, like, hey, if you're going to teach these people how to do it, you got to teach them right. And so I I did a series on assembling your first model on mm-hmm. on my TikTok, and it's like you can go click that series and it'll take you from the what you need on snippers, like what you need on you know this that, and I had to go to the glue section, and me. Being the the Luddite I am, it's Gorilla Glue. Gorilla Glue, and you put a little bit too much on there, and whenever you push them together and you press fit them, they spill out just a little bit. You just take your thumb, wipe that off, and if there's a fingerprint, hey, hopefully it's in a spot you can't see, right? That has texture. It's micro texture. Yeah. You well, pay extra for that. Well, you know, th- that, and I know people are listening right now, like your, your real painters <laughs> out there, your real modelers, like, oh my God. Just, just, just wipe it with your just <laughs> ungloved <laughs> finger. Just put all that oil right in there. Yeah. People are listening to this thinking to themselves, I'm going to go and unsubscribe to this podcast. <laughs> that is. I need to go in their Discord and try to help these poor, uh, <laughs> poor listeners. So, so for the models I did there, I was like, let me take the Ryan Kimmel approach. Okay. Right? The right way. Do it, do it once, it's like, do it once right, and, you know, like, whatever, whatever old people that are really good at doing stuff say, <laughs> like that, measure twice, cut once, but for models, whatever you're supposed yeah. to say there, that's what I should have said, but I don't know, I don't do it enough to know what to say there. So, the Ron Stanford, Ryan Kimmel, this is good models way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I showed them i slowed down for these models like okay you're gonna get your different levels of files okay and we're gonna that's a sanding stick well sanding stick my bad sorry i'm not i'm not correcting i'm just no 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 yeah yeah you know for for audio podcast you picking up yeah stuff so i i get my my sanding stick that came out way more judgmental than i meant no you're fine you're fine and so uh i showed them different grits and we cleaned off mold lines together we smoothed out mold lines together we did everything you possibly do, and then I borrowed some thin Tamiya. Ooh, that green from bottle? from from Jake, yeah. because he's working on Gundams. That's there you go. And I take out the little the little little brush. paintbrush, and I brush it on there, and I perfectly fit these models together. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, and this is where you take way too much accelerator and blast it, right? You cover the whole model in it, right? That's what my normal Michael method says because you got to, like, these models should stink like some sort of chemical when you're done with them. And no, let me hold back. This is for the new people. Like, I want them to enjoy 
and this assembling process, as much as I enjoy the painting process, I want them to feel like I hate assembling models. I hate it. And so I was like, but this is for the people. So I'm going to go through this as slow as possible. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to show them how to do this right. Cause I know how to do it right. I just don't like to do it right. And we're going to go through this together. I'm going to assemble these models and we're going to put it together. And boy, did those space Marines look good. Hell yeah. They looked so good. Like no mold lines, no, no, uh, slip, nothing. Like, I mean, these are plastic models, but like, like all the joints look good. Yeah. Everything, like everything was perfect. Like, there was Infernus Marines. I don't know if you've heard about the problem with Infernus Marines where if you, no, I'm not. Yeah, they are. Do they have like a particularly bad, like wrist joint or something? Well, so for, for starters, they, uh, are clearly, uh, 3d designed. Mm-hmm. And so there's areas where there's stuff that, overlaps that shouldn't and it's just makes no sense it's hard to explain but when you actually assemble them you're like this is like this looks like a badly rendered model right here on this arm pad or this and so we sanded that off together and like we made these guys look good so all the stuff that like other people had modelers with me and my tutorial did not have problems with it because we sanded that stuff we took the time we did it right and just did it real slow but i used that tamiya and what'd you think? It's nice. It's so nice. Right. Like it's so insanely nice. And it's so like professional feeling. Yeah. That, that's what I've been using all of the, like the modern heresy stuff, uh-huh. like the, the land Raider and the Spartan kit where you've got the whole side is two or three parts. Yeah. And they like the, the, the joint goes like through a rivet. Yeah. Yeah. That to me, that just screams, Hey, hit me with the plastic glue. Yep. That's just, it. Just plastic weld this stuff together. Yeah, that is 100% what I should have been doing, but did not. And so uh, that kind of changed my, like, okay, well, let me, if I'm going to assemble this stuff, let me do, like, a show army where I actually, like, all of these blood letters I'm going to put together, and, like, eventually I'll get a bloodthirster, and I'll get this and that, put it together right, and then that way everything is clean. You don't have to go snipping stuff later. Like, I've got my... RUI tools like fake God hands mm-hmm. and I've got my, you know, so everything I'm just cleaning up really nice, slow. I'm taking a very long time, but I'm taking like what I met, would imagine is a non panicked assemblers. Like, like I feel like I have never a, a, appreciated assembling because I always saw it as like work. The, the process is less like putting models together and more like making an ASMR video. That's a hundred percent what it is. And do you know do you know why I made this video? So that you don't have to answer that question anymore. You can just say, "Hey, you have that question. Good question. Click here." Well, yes, and because I got one comment, and I'm going to tell you this comment, and it's oh. gonna, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Okay, well, just hit me with it. So I'm sitting there and I'm assembling this model, and this guy comes in. And he goes, "Hey, I just got my first set of models, and I'm having a little bit of trouble putting stuff together." And I was like, "Okay, cool." I was like, "Um." I was like, so you you just bought your first set of models today? He's like, yeah. I was like, well, okay, cool. Uh, he goes, yeah. So like, I I started. Um, I'm having like trouble snipping stuff off the sprues and stuff like that. Do you have a recommendation for snippers? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I was like, I'm RUI tools. It's like sixteen dollars for this set of snippers. They're equivalent, if not better, than the God Hands. And like, I like them better than the God Hands only because if uh, I break them, which could happen because it's the stuff we're cutting is a little bit bigger than we Hypothetically, should. Hypothetically, it's going to happen eventually. Yeah, but it is one quarter the cost of the God Hands. Yeah. 
so I can buy four pairs of those. And I've been using the shit out of those RUI, RUI tools and have not broken them. So they are equivalent to God hands. I have ha- I have the God hands. I have those snippers. Put them together. Yeah, 100% equivalent. I've tried them. They're beautiful. Yeah. So no problems there. And so I was like, get a pair of these purple handles, not the blue handles. Get them. You'll love them. You're good to go. And I was like, I was like, if you're obviously not going to have those today if you're trying to assemble today. You know, people have used toenail clippers. You know, that's a, another good thing. If you have snips, use that. And I was like, what have you been using? And the guy comes back and goes, oh, I've been using my mom's scissors. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> Hold on. Time out. Everybody else, stay quiet. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's like, yeah, I was using my mom's scissors to cut it off, and it just doesn't come out right. And then he had his... Put your mom's fabric scissors back before you get to I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> he's using, like, shears to cut this stuff off, and then he's using a pocket knife to, like, trim it back. And he was like, it's just not coming out right and all this stuff. And, and I realized, like, okay, well, this is, like, nobody's there to, like, walk you through, like, the stuff you need and, like, you know, to get the best results out of it. And I mean... We all were there. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking back. I'm like, what did I use on my first space? I used wire cutters. I used my dad's wire cutters, like my wire snips. My dad has wire snips. Yeah, I still have. I, I used like a rusty old pair of like side cutters. Yeah, they're just like about that same size. And I th- just a pair of dikes. I know? think I had an old, like an old, like one of those hard plastic handled Exactos that doesn't swap blades. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 We were all there. Mm-hmm. So the, the the tip of that blade is long since gone. Yeah, it's it's. it's I don't know how I drilled out barrels with that thing because I didn't have a pin vice. A blunted barrel exacto. We we're just looking for the edge. We don't even know. And yeah. at some point, it was just sheer force pushing that blade through because that blade was also gone. The, the yeah, it's <laughs> rolled over. I, I I clearly remember. I was like, dude, Derek, you're worrying me a little bit there. Blade, now you're good. And you rub your thumb on it. It's like, it's nothing there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's what's just, gonna happen? Yeah, it's fine. They gonna cut me. <laughs> they can't cut nobody. <laughs> so the only thing it can hurt is itself. <laughs> so I know that, and you know that, but don't let the plastic know that. <laughs> So yeah, that's, that's why I made that. But it was it was a it was a, just like took me back. I was like, man, these are those brand new modelers. These are those brand new guys coming in, and uh, they are trying their damnedest to figure this out on a budget. I'm like, okay, well, if you can afford a eighty dollar box of uh, of Marines, let's go ahead and get sixteen dollars, put it aside for some snips. I know it sounds like a big investment up front when you can go buy snips from Harbor Freight for like nine bucks. Let's go and spend the extra $7 and get these because you're going to have a good time. Let's go get you some actual glue itself. And it's very hard not to recommend just straight up uh, Hobby Lobby green glue or Gorilla Glue. Yeah, I will say, though, the benefit to the Tamiya green plastic cement, it as long as you keep it closed, like it, the shelf life forever. on it, it lasts forever. Yep. The problem is if you leave the lid off of it, it'll like evaporate out of the bottle. Yeah, I just poison stuff around the room. And it'll, it'll disappear, but what's left will still be good. Yeah. Like, it'll work as long as you got it. Yeah, so. So, yeah, so. Whereas, I don't know how many bottles of just, like, solidified Hobby Lobby green glue I've got. Oh, I got them. How many solidified bottles of Gorilla Glue I got? I got them. Mm-hmm. They're out there. Uh, so, yeah, so. 
plastic glue. I've, I've discovered plastic glue. I know it's like, I'm, I'm sorry, we just spent that entire section <laughs> talking about me learning what plastic glue is, but I had not well, been it using was, it. It was relevant because, you know, I brought it up because that's what I like on the new, new heresy stuff. They take it very well. And yeah, you're letting me know you tried it and it works. Yeah, it works out. It's exceptionally. Thank you. Uh, and moving forward. So once that, once that project's done, you're just going to go straight back to, I don't know, man. But well, so the thing is like, there's a lot of resin stuff I work with as well. So I don't oh, think yeah. that plastic glue is not going to work with that resin stuff. No, so, no, no, no. Uh, but I mean, for this project, I have all plastic. I mean, I've got a ton of plastic right now just cause I've been doing a lot with the 40 K side. So, a lot of plastic stuff. Yeah, all a lot that, of the boxes so. they've been pushing out have been great. Yeah. Yeah. So, but luckily this project, all these demons, they're going to take a while. I am looking forward to painting them. There, there's, I'm excited for that. There's possibly some old war world or even age of Sigmar. Seems like it's about to start popping off at the shop. I've heard a okay. many of people talk about it. I've got a ton of dwarves that, uh, that I can just kind of move over there. And so looking at maybe doing something like with those models or, or anything like that. But I think right now um, I'm pretty happy with where my 40 K blood angels are at. I'm pretty happy with where my 30 K blood angels are as well. Cause I can just kind of put them together and go. Yeah. And so I've, I've never really had like a demon army chaos army, kind of the bad guys and all that stuff. And so I kind of ran a list by you on like how it would play. Mm-hmm. The, like a demon army and horse heresy. Yeah, and I, all I've really got is what I hear other people saying. I don't have any hard and fast experience with them yet. Yeah. And that's what I'm excited for. Yeah, I'll probably pick up an Angrath and... Uh, <laughs> do it. We'll do, I'll probably pick up couple, some Bloodthirsters. Couple, couple more demon princes. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably hit it hard with, uh, with the big boys and, and see that where that really, takes. That really seems like where they shine in 30K is just throwing down a couple sovereigns and let them just go nuts. And they just sneak up out of nowhere, right? They just kind of jump in, and then you have these, like, hordes of demons who, like, all, although they aren't strong, they have... Consi- and, and, and really, I played a game of 40K, and, and 40K demons aren't so different from Horus Heresy right now just because of the uh, the way invulnerable saves kind of work in both, both sides of it. Yeah. And... And so, uh, w- with that in mind, they're they're both kind of consistent across both gaming systems, and so seeing seeing how they play, seeing how kind of uh, I guess they they are weak on the toughness side, but they are uh, very much uh, uh, resilient on the uh, invulnerable save side. So they they do yeah. they, they, can, they can they can shrug off some stupid stuff. They can shrug yeah they can shrug off really dumb stuff like ten last cannons. <laughs> Which, by the way, speaking of 10 last cannons. Yeah, what's up? I walked into a a tabletop simulator game. I'm talking about you, Gabe. I walked into a tabletop simulator game on, on the Discord. Because like, usually if somebody's playing tabletop simulator on Discord, they're streaming it. And so I was like, let me go see what's going on. Let me go see like how it's looking. Head in for a little bit. And I was like, what is that? 20 last cannons over there? It's like, well, no, it's, it's a... Uh, these are my 10 last cannons and those are 10 auto cannons and those are his 10 last cannons and those are his other 10 last cannons. And I was like, it's like watching uh, the movie Napoleon right now where like, I'm just watching last cannons blast each other with hard cavalry coming in. It's just gun lines. Like what, if, what is going on here? I'm like, oh, all right, I'm out. You I mean, hey man, that's where we're at. That's, that's how the Horace heresy was fought. Uh, the yeah. old Space Marine Civil War. 
So wild, dude. Like, so line up and shoot your last cannons at each other. Uh, but, yeah. So. You know, it is kind of is what it is at this point. But that's where I'm at. I've got a new printer now. Uh, I'm going to finish up that Dire Wolf. Hopefully, I can get some stencils for it sooner than later because I want to get painting on it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so. But, yeah. And then I've got blood letters. I've got a strip. I'm probably going to do a whole bunch of... People have been asking me to stream my like stripping sessions weird 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 wording but it's fine phrasing uh so yeah, like send them over to the patreon <laughs> <laughs> so uh i might just do a bunch of sessions of uh stripping those models in uh in the glass but we'll sorry see. i just had this mental image like all right so here's what we're doing to that's 100 percent it yeah, yeah yeah i was like you're not gonna be able to hear me get to this point you're really gonna go, <laughs> yeah yeah once that compressor <laughs> kicks on you don't hear anything so i don't know we'll see we'll see how it works y'all are welcome for that by the way i, I see the waveform of that on the on the recording software <laughs> apologize to y'all's uh y'all's baby ears <laughs> uh but yeah no that's all right that's where that's going so oh, yeah. uh let's talk about Sorry. some of the releases we saw solar ox Talk and speculation. That's, so that's the big thing they showed off at LVO. We we got confirmation now of what we all probably suspected in that the roadmap we had, the surprise mystery plastic army, turns out it's solar auxilia. Which are uh they death corporative krieg them is the best way I can put it, where they have taken a once very complicated model and have expertly applied it into plastic. Yeah. I mean, the, the plastics they've been putting out have been just wild quality. So yeah. I, I'm not surprised that they look as good as they do. Let's look at the bread and butter first. Let's go to the last rifle section. So now I've put these models together and I can say that these guys, very similar to the death core guys are much chunkier. They, they are thicker than the original last rifle section. Mm -hmm. But I will say that that is not bad. Yeah. Like they needed some, some filling fill out for them. And I feel like these models are going to be much easier to paint than the actual death core models were. I'm sorry. The actual solar ox. Yeah. Resin solar ox guys. Yeah. I'm wondering if they don't have the same system for the heresy Marines where your torso and legs and head, or I guess torso and legs are one one join, like like one set. Yeah. And then you have different arm sets, and any arm set can go on any torso leg set. I, yeah, maybe. Like one thing I'm scanning for is just trying to find the same arm poses on different like body poses. So on this bottom row of this, you see on either side of the... So this guy is definitely the same as this guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm comparing his arms to the arms on the gut to the right of the sergeant. Uh-huh. And it looks like that's, I, I think that's the same arm set on two different torsos because they have different uh, leg positions. Yeah, no, I see that. Which I think that's a good compromise with between how they used to have Space Marines where you had different chests, different legs, different arms, and then you just kind of had to pose it on the fly. Yeah. Versus how they've been doing it with 40K where this guy is this pose with this gun and you might be able to swap out the gun. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. So I, that's kind of what I feel like I'm seeing. I can't confirm it because I hadn't seen any sprues. But if that's the case, I'm happy with it. 
the the bases, I think those are still 25 mil bases. They might be 28.5, like they've been putting out with some of the 40K stuff. Really? But that to me, it, it looks like a 25 mil base. Yeah. Yeah, it does look like a 25 mil. Unless it's, uh, if it's a 28.5, then it's a big dude. Speaking of, and did you ever see um, that her name is Rogue Studios? I can't remember her actual name, but she used to work for Games Workshop. She's a painter for Games Workshop. Now she has a Rogue Studios, her own painting. I'm not familiar. Okay. Well, she teaches you how to uh, take pictures like a Games Workshop. Uh, oh, that's cool. And so uh, one of the rules for what angle to take these pictures at. Have you heard of what that is? No. So your base lip should be the same size as what you can see on the base. Okay. So if you look here. So the perspective. So this lip should match this distance here. Okay. And so that is why it's so easy and consistent to get the pictures taken and why they all look the same. And so the only reason I bring that up is because these seem to not follow that rule on some of that cases. Like this guy right here, that is not the correct uh, lip width there. Okay. And this guy back here, that is not the correct width lip there. Okay. So, so they, they, I guess, are playing with that to show off different kind of different details on the model, I suppose. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if that's what's throwing off the perspective of these being 25 millimeter or not. Maybe. Because it feels like some of these are actually thicker than they actually are. That might be what's messing with it. So, but as far as accessories, I'm seeing the Vexilla. I'm seeing the the Sergeant. This guy over here on the far left, I think that's the the Vox. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Nuncio. Yeah, or I don't know if they have Nuncios. They, I think they do. Yeah, they might call them something different. It's just it's some kind of Vox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Vexilla over here, Sergeant over here, Vox over here. The yep. rest are just your your. That's your last normal rifle section. last rifle boys with uh, with bayonets fixed on some. That's your block of dudes with last guns. So yeah, man, I'm not mad at it. They look great. They yeah. look easy to paint. They look extremely easy to paint. Oh yeah, a lot a lot of that stuff is sticking out. You can see, like mm-hmm. a lot of it sticks off of the armor, so easy to get to. Uh, some of that cloth. There's not a whole bunch of detail on the actual armor itself. So a lot of big plates. I would love to see some of these painted up in like a oh, for sure once, a, a once, red and like cream color. Yeah, once we get closer to release, I imagine they're gonna let let some of these out to some studio teams and let them go wild with it, like they did for the Mark Six Marines. Definitely. All right, so let's go to the. We'll move on to the the, the uh, Velitaris. The Velitaris. Yeah. So they did show off the the Volkite sections, and I think they also referenced the axe sections. Yes. I haven't seen any pictures of the axe section. Me either. I don't know if they're implying that it's one kit that will make the Volkite or the axe. I, I looked. I didn't see anything that said definitively one way or the other. Uh, but I also just kind of glanced over it. I can try to pull that up. Yeah, these guys but just look like... As far as the Volkite, I, like the legs on these dudes, like... Full armor, full plate armor. Like, I will say that it does make these guys look like way chunkier. Like, then the... Cause I mean, dealing with the original resin ones, they were so finely poured resin and so thin that these guys kind of look like a. Honestly, if if I'm being honest, they look like a a like a war machine version of those models. They, I didn't want to say it, but they do kind of have a feel of like, yeah, hey, these are from my Patreon 
Yeah. On the 3D modeler. Here's yeah, that's 100%. Like, it looks like the, uh, what are they called? Which, the, is, which is not an insult. I've seen a lot of, like, super dope models come out of a bunch of those. What is it, the Lunar Ox or whatever? Was the, like, the Patreon, like, version of Solar Ox? It was, like, the Lunar Guard or there, something like that? There's a few different versions. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, that's what it feels like. It does not feel like Games Workshop. Like, it is, but it does feel like a uh, Hill Country Fair version of the, uh, not a... Not a bad replacement, but like a definitely a slightly off-brand version. We have Veltaris Storm Section at home, so. But they do. I mean, they look great. I'd buy them. Oh, for sure. Yeah, all they all they posted up on the Warhammer Community article: the Elite Veltaris Storm Sections. They've got powerful Volkat calibers, while daring Velatari can trade their gun for a vicious Storm Axe. So I don't know if that's talking about the unit themselves or if they're saying that the, the kit has axes. I've not seen axes. If there were axes in the kit, I'd assume they'd show us pictures. Yeah. So at, for now, I just kind of have to assume the box makes the Volkite. And gotcha. hope that they prove us wrong in the future. Yeah. Let's look at the Dracosin. Hell yeah. I Could you have guessed that they were going to make a Dracosin model? You know, kind of. But it, I, I think it, we had, I think very early on when we were first talking about like them making these 3D renders and all that jazz, we had speculated that if you made a Dracosin, you oh, could yeah. make the Malkador variants with it. Oh, yeah. And we were like, that'd be crazy if they did. That'd be nuts. Dracosin now has Boom. a plastic model kit. Well, so we, we did kind of like assume everything we saw out of Legions Imperialis. Like, uh-huh. oh, we're probably going to see these in 28 mil. Well, well do, you, do you remember when we were talking about the Land Raiders kind of being a base for Land Raider becomes Spartan, Spartan becomes Land Raider, becomes Cerberus, becomes this and that. And mm-hmm. we were like, Malkador is the chassis that you would go with for becoming a Dracozin, becoming yeah. this Malkador, becoming this Malkador. Yeah, like, and just, just uh, make uh, consistent parts throughout all of it. Yeah, so I think if we look at this Dracozin that they've showed us, and then we put that next to the uh, Malkador that they also showed us. That door. Look at that door. Yeah. That is the exact. Yeah, that's the same side plate. That is the same side plate. That And actually, you can see where this right here gets covered in the Dracosin by this piece. Yeah, where it covers up the... the. It's not a Sponson. It is a hull side mount. Yeah. So... This is clearly two of the same click, two of the same kits. Yeah, just that's, that's just, cool. just the way the Land Raider works is they've got both of these. A, it's a clever way to do it. And this does not look like the traditional Malkador. This is just a slightly different version of the Malkador. The same way that the the Land Raider Spartan was just like slightly different than the resin version of itself. You know? Yeah, and how the 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 Land Raider we got was a Proteus Land Raider instead of the Phobos Mark Two B. Yes, we were used to. Yeah, so we're not, I, yeah, I'm excited for this, man. This is the kits look great. It's just a damn shame about some of the rules of these models. It is like they and and they've like and essentially like we are like not not completely out of a. Uh, I think I think the the actual like uh, book has been too close released. For us to have an update for it already. I mean, maybe. The the good news is, at least, they've showed off the new Ithon, is it was called the Ithon Heavy Sentinel? Yes. Yeah, we'll go back to Which that over here. does not have rules yet, 
but they're going to have to put out rules for it probably in another book. They might give us updated profiles for some of these other vehicles for the solar ox. I wouldn't hold my breath on it. And I'd be curious on the Ithon is so when they gave us the preview, they did not, this was not the preview. This, this, this was a model. Most of this was in the preview of the model. Yes, we, we saw this from uh, Legions of Imperialis, and they did have some close-up of, like, some art of it. No, no, but do you remember the, the shadow? No. So they gave us a shadow preview of this without all of this up here. It was like oh. a front plate. Okay, so it didn't have the... the so, so I think a light Sentinel version is on the way versus this heavy Sentinel version. Okay. I'm sure it'll be a completely separate kit, but... Uh, it is, I wouldn't, I mean, that's how they've done it for the, the dreadnoughts. Yeah. For the actual sentinels as well, yeah. you know? And so how that's going to work. I don't know if you're going to have scout sentinels. I don't know if maybe we're going to start getting some order system. Like maybe we'll get a campaign book where they start introducing like, okay, now you can start bringing in artillery commanders or start bringing in, uh, you know, maybe like heroes that Decurians. go into, yeah. The style, yeah, uh, people that actually go in there. I don't know, but it's just speculation on our side. But I will say that this Athon. Now, if I think of 40k side, and I think of like the way that we treat Sentinels right now, mm-hmm. is Sentinels are not expensive. They've right. never been expensive. And I look at what this guy has on him, and to me, that looks like a heavy flamer up here. Yes, that looks like possibly an uh-huh. auto cannon. For sure. Okay. Volkite. Hell yeah. Love to see it. Multi-laser. Yep. And this is where the contention comes in. Yes. So that is a melta of some sort. I believe they call it out in the article as a thermal lance. Which is what we see on... The Armager Warglaive. The Armagers, which are substantial. Yes. It is a hell of a hell of a piece of equipment. So if I'm looking at this heavy Sentinel, possibly movement seven, you know, these things aren't going to be moving fast, but they maybe could take a beating... But if we're taking them cheap thermal lances, you're now getting in your army. And thermal lances, I think, are range 24, right? I believe it's range 24, two shots, twin link, strength 8, AP1. Very similar to a multi-melta, except they are... Uh, Where am I looking? Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So it is is AP2 instead of AP1. But it's 36 inches. Oh, it's 36 inches? 36 yeah, that's gross. Inches. Yeah, it's gross. So 18 inch melter range? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah, that's uh, significant. <laughs> that is so significant. And, like, if the if you're working something like crazy, uh, I don't know, you could get pretty wild with these, I feel like. I think it's another neat little tool to have in the box. Because right now, I think what we're seeing is, like, Solar Ox, they kind of needed something. Like, yeah, you could just roll up with, like, nine Vanquishers <laughs> and a bunch of the, the the laser rapiers and just kind of oppress your opponent. But if you don't want to do that, then it's just kind of like an uphill battle. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So I think some more options definitely were on the menu, and I like what I'm seeing with this guy. So if we, if we go back, like, that was the main top armament. The side, this definitely looks like Hunter Killers. Yeah, so the... The it looks like the default setting on this guy is a multi laser and a havoc launcher. Yep, it, it's a bunch of tubes. To me, I look at it and it says havoc launcher. Yes, and they they show one that swaps that out for what appears to be two hunter killer missiles. 
You see this little guy sneaking out the back over here? This little guy? What little guy? That's, uh, yeah, what? Oh, that looks like it's a whole other side. You know, actually, now that you say that, yeah, it looks like there are missiles on both sides. So possibly 400 killer missiles on it, which would be absurd. That'd be absurd if that's the case. So it may be a whole different weapon profile. Hop back over to the Malkador. And uh, so the Malkador has the option to take hunter-killer missiles for sure. And it's got one. And that's what I'm seeing. It looks like the exact same missile. Because the the first time I saw it, my brain went to the Knight Dominus Shield Breaker missiles. Look. That's what it is, the Dracozin. The Dracozin has, yeah, that's 200-killer missiles for sure. So Dracozin can take 200-killers? Dracozin is allowed to take up to 200-killer missiles. Okay, so... So and that looks like the exact same missile we see strapped to the side of the Sentinel. So this Sentinel with thermal lance has 400 killer missiles on it. That's what it appears to be. And in Horus Heresy, what is the weapon restriction on firing for vehicles? Uh, for So for vehicles, it's one thing. But for a uh, mechanized unit... Yeah, for, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so mechanized, I believe, is in the militia rules, correct? Because... Uh, the mechanized unit subtype. So they may attack with heavy and ordnance weapons while counting as stationary. Even if they've moved, it may declare charges regardless of any shooting attacks. And so. and there's no limit. So this thing can go balls out 400 kilos. It, it depends because mechanized is a subtype. So I believe that means the militia sentinel is like infantry mechanized. Uh-huh. Which means it would follow the restrictions of an infantry if that was the case. If I can pull up the cavalry. It it, it honestly could be something we haven't seen before. It could be a basically once per turn. It could be like a hunter killer missile, but it does not have a one use. And so you get to use it every turn. Possibly, especially if this does follow the militia sentinel, which is infantry mechanized. Mm -hmm. So... It, it can shoot as if it stood still for being mechanized, but it is still an infantry model. Mm-hmm. And so it's limited to one gun per turn? Uh, yeah, unless you're shooting pistols. Yeah, which you're not doing. So melt the lance or hunter-killer missiles. I don't know. We'll have to see. It's all speculation at this point. Because what's So infantry mechanized, what's the toughness on a sentinel right now for the militia rules? It's like, what, seven, eight? I don't know. You caught me flipping books. So the Sentinel is currently toughness six. Yeah. So or a militia mechanized. How many wounds does it have? Three. Gross. Now that is for a regular Sentinel. Yeah. So I would imagine that this this looks like toughness eight. If I had to guess. Oh, there we go. Uh, a model with a mechanized unit subtype may attack with all weapons it has. Lovely. Shooting attack. Now we're. Yeah. So if this thing has 400 killer missiles and a thermal lance, it's like a. Glass cannon. Just run up and go Nova. One turn. Just do what you must for I've already shot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm already squishy and and sensitive. So Jokes on you. I was out my I was on my way out of the cockpit anyway. (laughs) I fired my load. I'm running. (laughs) Just a little chair folds back and poops him out the backside (laughs) and he runs away. One fact, the cockpit actually faces the back, so it's easier for him to hit the ground running when he does that. <laughs> I would assume that the back just drops out. At first, I didn't realize this was his knee pad. I thought this was oh, attached yeah. to here. And so I thought it would lean forward <laughs> and like rest that on the rest ground. so the thing could come down. He'd get out. And I was like, oh, this is knee. Never mind. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, super cool, man. 
It's a it's a fun little model, Sentinel model. Yeah, I'm excited to see what these babies do. I'm excited to see if there's a light version of this. It wouldn't shock me. So we got Sentinel. So we got command section. Yeah. So I I don't know what to expect out of this. It looks like a slightly fancier version of what we saw from the last rifle section. Maybe some more options because I know your command squads can take a lot of different stuff. Yeah, big Vexilla. You've got the sabers. You've got the this dude telling people what to do with his super vox. Yeah, he's playing on his iPad. Yeah, he's is that is that guy who got a power fist? Who? Yeah, the sergeant. Yeah, sergeant has a very God, cool. God bless him with steampunk his power fist, strength six power fist. Yeah, you ain't doing a lot with he's, that. You are a you are a gerbil amongst. Uh, <laughs> no, you are a. Uh, a guinea pig amongst hamsters. Hey, hey, if he makes it in base contact with a Lehman Russ, he can do some damage with that power fist. Oh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a guinea pig amongst hamsters fighting cats. <laughs> so, and then last but not least, we've got the Lehman Russes. Updated Lehman Russ. I don't models. know about you. That's a good looking Russ. I like the dozer blades I'm seeing. And they definitely did split it. So, like, if you recall in the previous edition, you had the Strike Squadron, and then you had the Not Strike Squadron. I can't remember how they separated them. One was a Strike Squadron, which was your Lehman Russ, your Exterminator, your Annihilator, and your Vanquisher. Mm -hmm. And then the other side of it was your, your Demolisher, your... Oh, what was the Executioner. Executioner. Yeah. And then the, or not the Eradicator. The Eradicator was the other one. Uh, Conqueror? The the Volkite one. Oh, I don't, I don't recall what the Volkite one was. Oh, dude. I, it, incinerator. Incinerator. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, they definitely split them. So, I think it's, it's a strike. Yeah. A strike and assault tanks. Look. Strike squadron, assault squadron. Yeah. And so they, they split the kit up along those lines, which is dope. I'm, I'm happy with that. I mean, that's how they did it anyway. That, that's how they did it in 40 K. You'd buy your mm-hmm. demolisher separate than you would your, your normal Lehman Russes. And so they have two different types of turret fronts. It doesn't look like the actual turret changes too much, uh, which is very similar to the way the old school Lehman Russes work. But I yeah. mean, this is a completely separate sponsonless kit. Yes. No sponsons, no sponsons on this bad boy. Uh, it's got the uh, designs all around it. The hold is more uh, squared off. It's got the uh, the actual backside uh, vents and all that jazz. It is very damn it. It is very very similar. <laughs> it's got those. It's got the trench rails on the back. It's it, dude. It, it's like the old Forge World premium Lehman Russ. Yeah, it is the like it that is, that is that's the vibe I'm getting from this. Yeah, it is a completely separate kit. I would imagine that there is not a lot of... Maybe the turret can go on a old body Lehman Russ, but with this kind of design that they have on it with this yeah, extra... It's like Mark III style, like extra Rivets trim. and trim. I, uh, you can definitely use your old Lehman Russes. Nothing oh. is stopping you from oh, using your sure. old Lehman Russes on this. Maybe getting some secondhand Lehman Russes, but this is a completely updated kit. Yeah, this with is no the track cool, guards, the cooler Lehman Russes. Yeah, yeah, because they don't have track guard options in Horus Heresy. So yeah, this it, is before they figured that out. Yeah, if you well, I mean, they're an aesthetic choice. Yeah, so it's very cool, man. Look, track guards wouldn't even work on this. This is going to require even if you three D print track guards, this is going to require a new a new uh, STL. See that? Yeah, that's why they did it. So I'm going to buy this kit. I'm going to make cool upgrades for it. Hell yeah. 
We're gonna get really cool with it. First off, that's going. I hate that dozer blade. That you dozer don't blade like looks that so, dozer that blade. Looks so dumb to me. Just like I don't like the I don't like the dozer blade for the Kratos. This looks so dumb. I hate this dozer blade. But really, I get it. People like it. It just looks weird. It looks like oh, I mean, a, antique a, dozer blade. To agree me. to disagree, man. That that looks like uh, that looks like dirt and stuff is getting stuck in it, bro. Hell yeah, dude. Weather that thing. Yeah, why? Like, why is this? This is not practical. Like, this is not. That is horrible. That's for moving the bodies out of the way. Okay, okay. This is not practical. But that's okay. I get it. There are certain choices that they make. I get it. Okay. I'm okay. super excited for the decal kit that's, that's going to come out with this. Like you see these. Oh, these, I didn't. Even, I didn't even consider that. Yeah, I'm. I'm overwhelmed by the very cool Solar Ox decal kits that are coming out. You can see some of these. Uh, I can't uh, believe I didn't think of that. That was like one of the main things I was excited about for the new night kits. Yeah, the, the Serastus night kits. Yeah, you can see uh, a lot of these oh, yeah. uh, uh, Roman numerals with this this new symbol I've never seen before. That's it's the essentially the lightning eagle. Okay. So, but like a more crusade era uh, yeah. militarum symbols. Yeah, but you see it on everything. You see that? Yeah, they've got little plates that go over everything, little side hatches. So to denote the solar rocks, this is cool. So I'm guessing this is some sort of shield, uh, flare shield, potentially. Yeah, but a flare shield uh, signifier. Can the Dracosan take a flare shield? I know I th- the Malkador can. I believe the flare. Sh- the Draco- I think that was what made the Dracosan so powerful is they could take a flare shield. Was they just back when it was still super heavy? It was Dracos was never super heavy. It just had a bunch of wounds. Okay, it's the Malkador I'm thinking about. Malkador was super heavy, downgraded. Yeah, but Dracosan had the uh, has the big massive demolisher cannon. It used yeah. to be swappable for the twin last cannon. I don't know if they're still doing that. Yeah, so it comes stock with a twin last cannon, and you can pay like fifty points and drop ten guys off the transport capacity to get the demolisher cannon, which is not great. Demolisher cannons took a hit this this season. Yeah, if they made demolisher cannons better, Dracosans would be better. Yeah, like if they upped it to like strength fourteen, so it's doubling out uh, dreadnoughts. But that's so, neither here nor there. So, the, do you think we're gonna get the uh, Malkador Annihilator, the Malkador Infernus? Infernus would be sweet. So, any of the like turret swap kits would be likely. Or I, mean, I don't know about likely, but they'd be easier. The Infernus with the extra little trailer? I think it's on the way. It's got to be. Like, because the Infernus so. cuts out this entire bottom. I would hope so, because I'm, I'm a big fan of the, how the Infernus looks. I mean... Okay, that's a very... It's you know, temporarily out of stock, so... If I had to speculate, we're not getting the <laughs> Infernus back. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that'd be very cool. Or we might see them do what they did with the... Uh, Arquiter and some of the other vehicles where they upgrade them to like a hybrid plastic resin kit. Yeah, so you got the Malkador Annihilator, which has the last cannons all over it, with a uh, the Demolisher cannon on the front. So, yeah, Demolisher cannon would go right here. Last cannon, last cannon, last cannon. And then, you know what's kind of interesting about this now that I look at it? Yeah, what's up? So, oh no, it dips in. Yeah, yeah. But... Does this one dip in? Yeah. Yeah, they both dip in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the the Infernus has like a Mark II B style sponson forward facing. Yeah. Forward facing. And only. that might reflect that the so the issue is with the regular Malkadors, those are not counted as sponsons right now. Those only shoot into the side arc. Ugh. 
And then the Defender. This is the... Oh, my God. Heavy Bolter Everywhere action with Oops, the Monster Heavy Bolters. Yeah, so one, two, three, four Heavy Bolters, and you can put the two sides, you can change them to yeah. Heavy Bolters in the old edition. Yeah, so the, the Infernus does have actual Sponsons. They're actual Sponson mounts instead of the side hull mount. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I'm, I'm loving it. I think it's so cool, man. Yeah, I love the kit. You know, feel how the, you want to feel about the rules. They're, they're some unfortunate decisions, but... I love the CRT TV this man's watching. Oh, yeah, he's, he's watching the game right now. He's playing old school Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo SNES. Playing uh, Ninja Turtles Lost in Time on there. Hell yeah. Just, that is a big TV. They that's, do not have LCD screens <laughs> in the future. <laughs> but... No, this is a cool models, man. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm the, the kit looks great. I'm excited to see what people do with it. Look, yeah, that's the same guy. Yeah, little tank commander guy. Doing a little finger shooting because he's a cool guy. <laughs> they just moved him over from the other model. They did, I don't know why they didn't put this guy on there. They just... Wait a minute, it's the same guy. <laughs> yeah. They just pulled him out of one hatch and put him in the other. Yeah, but like 100%, it's the exact same model on both of these. Like, it's not the same... Model, it is the same physical model moved yeah. over to both. Yeah, they, they took the guy on the hatch and they just moved him from one tank to the next. So that whatever artist they paid to paint this, they told him, hey, only paint one of these. I don't know why they, the like, the, I guess the hero shot of one of them doesn't use one of these nice sponsor weapons they're showing off in one of the cutaways. Weird. Okay. I mean, he, he's a cool tank commander. I like it. I think these are the guys they took pictures of because that little door opened. I think that's the. Look, that's him again. <laughs> he's, he's on the Lehman Russ. <laughs> it's the same guy. Okay, so we know we can expect at least the same uh, vehicle upgrade sprue. On the Lehman Russ as the Malkador. Well, because they're all using the same dozer blade and they all have what appear to me to be the same uh, trench guards. Except for the, was it the Dracozin? Hold on. We, we about to examine some pixels. Well, do you see? Okay. Okay. So, so look, I know I'm being like crazy here, but. Let's go. Let's do you let's see. Okay. Deep so, dive. Let's so, if you think about this, this right here, do you see this weathering that they've done here? Weathering, weathering, weathering. We've like got. Where the side of the TV is like scratched up a little bit. Yeah. We have three dots. Okay. Weather, weather, weather. Okay. Yeah. Weather, weather, weather. Yeah. Weather, weather, weather. It's the exact yeah. same little top guy that they move to yeah. all three of them. They're, yeah, they're just like us. I do the same thing. That's crazy. Okay, <laughs> cool. Well, it happens. Yeah, it, it means you can take that guy and put him on whichever tank you want. Yeah, but it's the exact same guy. They only had one. Yeah, I'm not painting more than one. Yeah, that's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. That yeah. they, they are really Conservation not of painting these artists right now to paint this stuff up. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, very well, I mean, cool. They clearly painted the sponsor weapons. We got we see them on the side of the screen right here. Yeah, yeah. No, I see that. But like this guy, they only get one of them. Whatever. Eh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so Solar Ox, Solar Ox coming in hot. Boom. They're very back. cool. Warhammer community hitting it hard. Uh, they uh, they have come out and said that the vehicles and stuff they are not going to be getting rules for forty k. Nope. So they're going to stay firmly planted in Horus Heresy. But apparently that's already a thing people are worried about is going to happen is 40K players are going to be gobbling these up to use these guys as Astra Militarum. 
Yeah, right. Nobody's doing that. Moving on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't know that that was a thing that was going to happen, but I've seen some people like, okay, well, good luck getting your hands on these because these guys look dope and everybody's going to want them. Yeah. yeah. Exterminator Sentinels are like the exterminators and Sentinels. That's the answer right now. Okay. So that's been Solar Ox. That's all they've shown off. I'm excited to see what else they've got coming for them in the future. Other than that, they did also show off some cool Blood Angels upgrades. Look beautiful on the battlefield with Blood Angels upgrades. Which is, uh, I guess it is a uh, future telling of other legions starting to get some of these upgrades. Yeah, so we did have the previous upgrade, which I think was mostly like the helmets and some other kind of filigree upgrades for your tax squads. Mm-hmm. This looks like a weapon upgrade pack. So it's got three bolters, two Inferno pistols, a Iliastus assault cannon, one each of the Perdition weapons, which look pretty neat. And then for your vehicles, it's also got the bail pattern turret for your uh, for your, exter- your Predator. Don't know why I lost the word Predator for a second. And as well as a pencil-mounted assault cannon. Rest in peace, my moneymaker on Colts. Sorry, man. It was coming. It was only a matter of time. Mine's magnetized, though. Mine's got a little magnet hole for it. Well, there you go. So if you are, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and my Elias assault cannon uh, has a little TV on it. So, you know, think about that. <laughs> That's fine. First time? <laughs> it's all good. Where's the sponsors? Will they give you? No. Still in the money, baby. <laughs> and we're good. <laughs> My kid comes with sponsors, baby. Oh, but yeah. So I'm kind of shocked. I was kind of hoping to get like a Decurion out of this with the assault cannon. That's fine. I mean, it is what it is. I think the perdition weapons look interesting. Yes, I. I'm, they. They definitely are like deep into the filigree side of it. I do love the color choices. That is not color choices I would have thought of of for the uh, yeah like uh, this, for like, the the half the shaft like this like blue Atlantean leather. Love it. It's beautiful. I'm gonna do that from now on. That's my new style. Nobody can tell me yeah, otherwise. It's like, it's like dark turquoise. It's uh, excellent. Yeah, I just like the like the flutes and the vents. I guess on the weapons is that where like it shoots flames out or something. Yep. That's 100%. Cool. Has little flames coming out of it on all those little flutes. Yeah. So for like, I don't know, what are they charging for these things? Like 20 bucks? Yeah. Well you worth it. Three three bolters, one handheld assault cannon, some some Inferno pistols, and one each of the perdition weapons, and then two weapons for your tank. I do like that it gives you an Inferno pistol for each hand so that you can make your... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Make your make your sergeants however you need them. No, no, no. The oh, your mortat. Mortat. You can make your yeah, mortat. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. with armor bane, you have to roll the hit separately. It's okay. So like the dope ass iron hands grab mortat. It's still okay because it's still cool. Hey, that is still a huge threat running around. So, but and yeah, then, you got and all then the you get a little pointy arm. Yeah, just let them know what's up. <laughs> Which they didn't. They, that's not really anything blood angel specific, but also still pretty cool that they bring it. Hell yeah. We, I'm just, I wish that would have been in like the main kit. I need more guys pointing. Wait. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I see what's going on here. Yeah. 
So mace hand and then a casual hand. That's weird. Two two hands, two arms that are doing nothing outside of like just being available. But are slightly blunt angel-y, I suppose. I don't know what's going on with this other hand next to the mace. It's just chilling. I don't know if it's supposed to be like like cupping the cupping something. I don't know. Maybe he's like, because his mace is like this. Maybe he's like, I'm about to grab the other side. You better watch out. You better not be talking mess over there. Maybe it's just down and he's just pointing with his mace because he choked up on it like next to the head. Yeah. I don't know. It's just supposed to be a dude chilling there with a mace. Just yeah, he's just like, hey, go, go do stuff. I don't know. A weapon, it's, they're all very nice weapons. Like they, oh, they, they are, look great. They are great. They're very reminiscent of the uh, uh, Sanguinary Guard weapons. Oh, yeah, that two-handed axe is freaking dope. Yeah, I actually have a Sanguinary... Oh. oh. Yeah. Yeah. Here's one right here. Yeah, very reminiscent of the Sanguinary Guard a little bit. Yeah. That's pretty close. Maybe a lot less than I thought initially, but, you know. No, I see it. But, yeah, that's a cool upgrade. Uh, I like some of these options. I'm, I kind of would have assumed they'd have put the vehicle ones separate, so you kind of... Hey, if I needed a you know support squad with the the assault cannons, are the blood angels in this? Are the arms in this looking way more orange? Like I feel like this is getting more and more red. I feel like it's leaving my blood angels behind. Maybe I don't know if it's like the angle I'm looking at your screen on, but I mean, yeah, this it, is looking like very red. Yeah, it looks like blood angels red to me. Maybe a little nuts with some of the uh, orange on the edge highlighting on a couple of pieces. Solid. Where'd this little skull come from? This little tan skull. Where's that? What decal is that? That's a good question. Tan skull? Maybe it's just the color grade. Maybe. It, it might be one of the little white skulls that they washed over. Yeah. Very much. But very cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's cool. I'm hoping to see more of those for some of the other legions. Let's see how close it is to mine. Oh, yeah? Comparing the reds or what? No, no, no. The the model. Oh, oh, it's the one you did. That's right. (laughs) What if it was just like one to one? I can can tell you it's very close. (laughs) Could you imagine if they're like, hey, what do you... Like I, I mean, it's kind of there's not really a um, a god dang, I've made a lot of money off of this thing. It's it's a it is it is not a one to one. So theirs is a little shorter, a little snubbier. Yes, which in and by the way, I took mine to Reddit. And gave a sample that was very similar to this, and people did not like it. So, so it was a feedback that yes. you, they wanted it a little stretched out. Yes, because you measure from the barrel. Uh, it, it was just one of those things. They did not like that style. So it's funny that I intentionally, like, to balance the model, I did put this uh, monocle in the middle. Yeah, a little and optic. I, also did the rivets on each side. 
So I mean, sometimes the right way to do it's the right way to do it. Yeah, you can't really, I mean, it's definitely one of those things where it's not a do the do all of the predator turrets have that same notch on the top? Which notch? At the top of that little gun shield? It's not a notch. No. That's the oh, that's the Infernus one. Oh, okay. Th- there's nothing there. Like this little notch going down. Yeah, that little like piece missing. Yeah, I believe okay. so. Yeah. Okay. And mine fits on the plastic as well, just like theirs does. I'm sure. Very, very much something to consider here, which I do not see on their version is mine has on the sides, which you can't really see here, but I believe you'll be able to see here, is if you look at the sides of mine, mine has the uh, ammo casing discharge. Oh, okay. Which does not exist over here. So mine spills its ammo out (laughs) all over the tank. (laughs) This makes a big mess. Just makes a big old mess. (laughs) But... Yeah, it's still pretty cool. Just model yours just covered in spent shells. Yeah. Spent casings. Just everywhere. But mine also comes with the sponsons, so. In every little crack. Just everywhere you'd put weathering, just a little tube in there. But no, I do not think they... leaving a little trail behind it on the table. Yeah, 87 people out there have this model. Hell yeah. So, pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. I like to see it. Love this guy. That looks so good. Look at that nine right in the middle of his chest. <laughs> Slightly messed up decal just a little bit. That's okay. Just let him know what's up. That's such a good looking model. Ooh, and then they got the little nine on the front of the little ammo case. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. They didn't have to do that. They did that for us. It's too bad if you wanted to use this Imperial Fist. Ooh. Not meant for you. Guess you're going to have to wait. I think we could speculate that they're going to start doing this for the rest of the allegiance. Oh, the Imperial Fists are for sure going to get one of these with like twice as many. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, Uh, so end and death. What happened there? Uh, So, as per usual, they put up the special edition pre-orders for the end and the death volume three. What they're billing is the exciting conclusion to what is now, what, 20 years of books? Mm Mm-hmm. And they sold out like two minutes before they actually were supposed to go live as everybody got their scalping bots and loaded them up to secure those pre-orders so they can resell them on eBay. So I thought that stores got to, uh, got to order like 15 minutes before they go live on the actual website. Okay. So like stores get priority. I thought that's how that, how pre-orders worked. Uh, I think that was kind of what you had to do is either be able to get to like Warhammer World or the Citadel or someplace where they're going to have copies, like physical copies. Right. Well, all I know is there was a huge thing where they were sold out, like, because they opened up a couple minutes early and they were sold out instantaneously. And then people went to eBay and they could see all these scalpers selling their pre-orders on eBay. For expensive as hell. Yeah, 500 bucks minimum. Yeah. And apparently everybody had been reporting those to eBay because you're actually not supposed to do that. And eventually they just 
I, I don't know if they canceled a bunch of stuff that they figured out was from bots or if they're doing a metered release. Uh-huh. But they a couple of days ago or earlier today even, I, I, I forget how, how long ago. It was, it was within the past couple of days. They went up and did another pre-order for them. Very cool. So what people are kind of hoping happened is they canceled some bot-related pre-orders and are trying to do a more honest and, uh, I guess, customer customer forward as opposed to hey money everything we put up was bought instantaneously we're happy if you didn't get it sorry to say you didn't get it sucks to suck yeah so people are hoping this is kind of them being more proactive at putting their product in the hands of the actual people who want it and not just being pleased as punch that they sold out immediately who cares if it was to a bunch of scalpers they made their money on to the next project the old Ticketmaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, straight up. So that's kind of a developing, you know, keeping an eye on it. Hopefully that means in the future releases like this will be a little better. Or it, either they, like I said, either they had this metered release and so now they didn't have bots set up for it because nobody knew it was going to happen again. Or, or maybe they're taking proactive steps to prevent people from just using bots to scalp a bunch of stuff. I don't know. Either way, we're learning. Yeah. I mean, I I would have never expected them to say, by the way, second release time. Boom. Second wave. (laughs) Suckers, (laughs) bot boys. (laughs) And then come to find out tomorrow that, oh yeah, bots bought all those too. Hey. And they're just making all sorts of crazy money. I don't know. I will be buying mine on Audible like a sane human being. And yeah, and these are the collector's edition specifically that are selling out. Like, yeah, this. the people who have the entire series on their shelf of hardback. Yeah, I, man, I've still got the like, uh, was it the the Solar War? Uh huh. I picked up from one of the times I went to Adepticon, and I was like, "Cool, I'm gonna read this when I get caught up on my books," and I never did, so it's still in the box. Well, like, it's like. Eight hundred dollars now. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, well, I already have pictures of it. Thank God. It's like it was only removed from packaging once to check for quality and to take one comical photo. <laughs> You're all, but now I do have a door that ate itself, and I do have to get that fixed up, and it is a weird size, so I think I have to sell my Solar War book. Let's see if I can't find this pictures from what 2019, I think. Let's see. So here's my Adepticon stuff. Yeah, here it is. The one comical photo I took with my Solar War book. Next to the Holy Bible in the Book of Mormon. Yeah, I took it to my hotel and I took a picture of it in the drawer next to the next to the Gideon Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, come on. You you've seen what these books look like. It's like that leather bound with like that big like emblem on the front. (laughs) That's silly. How could I not? Uh, well, that's fun. And then straight back into the packaging with it, and I'm glad that's how that happened. Yeah, you can't even get it right now. No, nobody's even selling it. No, no I, I, I have to go to like previously completed listings. Let's see, I do that right now. Hell yeah, I bet it's up there. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's going good. You, yeah. You're gonna get a good price on it. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. <sighs> but yeah, I think that's kind of what we missed the past couple weeks. Yeah, it's been wild, dude. Ooh. I'm excited to see a bunch of uh, non-Marines to the heresy. Yeah, some some solar ox. I'm I'm ready to get my demons going. See what that's I gonna see feel how like. Demons roll. Yeah, 
What happened with you in the cold? Did you do anything crazy in the cold? Uh, not really. Just kind of froze because the house is still pretty drafty. But uh, I mean, we've got gas heating, so it wasn't a big deal. Dude, so I turned on. Uh, so I, I picked up some heaters and put them in my room, and so the cats were just like, oh yeah, chilling out in my room the entire time, just hanging out in there. And so that's been fun. Uh, I was gonna tell you something. Uh, I'm trying to remember now. Kind of like it, you know, kind of half podcast related, but it was oh, uh, okay, yeah, I do have something <laughs> to tell you. That is, people who are listening to our podcast, hey, what's up, they will enjoy this. What's going on, guys? Uh, so the other day I was on TikTok, yeah, and I was watching um a food TikTok where there was a guy called the Spud Man, and he's in he's in Britain or UK. And British Isles, British Isles, right? And but also, I've been watching uh, Welcome to Wrexham. I don't know if you watched that at all. Not heard of it. Yeah, it's Ryan Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney from Always Sunny. Yeah. They bought a soccer team in Wrexham. Okay. Okay, and uh, like they themselves are they playing characters who have done so? No, this is real life. They bought this uh, soccer team. Oh, this is a documentary, and it is a documentary. And they bought the, or I guess they, they leased the stadium, which is the oldest stadium in, I don't know if it's just Wales, but it's a pretty old stadium. It's called the uh, the racetrack. And so they, they bought this team. So I've been like really deep into like British culture right now and understanding like, how, well, that's Welsh culture, but either way, like kind of like seeing some of the UK, how they do stuff and all that jazz. Damn it. And uh, it's... It's pretty cool because, like, for some reason, TikTok here is what I'm watching, and it's like, oh, let me go and serve you up some British humor and British stuff, you know, as well. So we're oh, gonna yeah. throw you all of this, uh, these like kids talking shit to their teachers and calling everybody pedos. Like that's <laughs> what the kids do nowadays so in, in the UK. That, it's a little bit of that Brit talk. Yeah. Well, so anyway, so the Spud Man in a trailer is selling this these what they call jackets. Now, jackets just means baked potato. They just call them jackets for whatever reason. Okay. Okay. So this man is making up these baked potatoes, and this, like, lady comes up to him, and she says, I want my baked potato. He's like, what do you want? She's like, I want cheese. Get that. Easy. Cheese and butter. Easy baked potato. We need anything else? I want some bacon, right? She says, I want baked beans. She says, hey, bacon. She said, baked beans. Okay. That All right. Miss me with the baked beans. I could probably get that going. I've had... Barbecue. That, I mean, that's that's a British thing. Yeah, They're like you know, baked beans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, just, just all just all over the place. And then tuna right on top of that. I'm sorry, what? Tuna, tuna fish, canned tuna, a little like, bit of mayo, like, like straight up just starkest or what? Yeah, straight up starkest tuna, just right on top. Boom, big old. And this dude stacks it full. I'm talking to Spud Man. He loads it up, and then I mean, he, he sounds like a professional, so he's not going to bat an eye. He says, "That's what you want. That's what you're going to get." So I'm watching it like I am watching like a. Like an Indian, uh, like the Indian street vendor. Like I'm like, dude, these people are crazy. Okay. Like, what are they doing here? They don't know how. To, still eating like it's, you know, the joke is still eating like the the Germans are flying overhead. You know, like what am I watching here, dude? Like these guys are crazy. So I picked up Tarkov again, so I'm like playing Tarkov, and so one of the guys I play with on Tarkov is, uh, uh he's from the UK, uh-huh. and I was like, hey man, I gotta ask you something real quick. What's up? No, I'm like, it's like, hey, man, you're from the UK. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so I, I, I reach out. I'm like, hey, dude. I was like, what is up with this baked potato I just saw? 
with baked beans and tuna. Like, what is that? Like, that sounds so gross to me. And he goes, no, man. He's like, that thing is fire. He's like, that is the absolute hitter. Right? And I was like, you're crazy, bro. You're crazy. Like, I've had baked I'm, beans. I'm cool with the baked beans on stuff. That I think that's that's perfectly reasonable. Tuna, you're losing me on the tuna. That, so, that's that's something that I I don't know what that would taste like. Yeah, see? Jake over here. See? He knows what we're talking about right now. All right? So here's the thing. Here's where everything came in. And this is where the enlightenment happened. Okay. Was the the guy I'm talking to, is, we'll just call him Evade. And, you know, that's his name on there. Okay. He says, hey, man. He goes, first off, y'all's American baked beans. That's not our baked beans. That's not how we do baked beans. It's not Bush's baked beans over there. Like our baked right. beans, if you think about American baked beans. I think pork and beans. Like honey. Like it's like a, like a sweet baked like, beans. Like, like a, a Bush's, Bush's baked yeah. beans. Right? That's what I consider baked beans. That's not British baked beans. British baked beans are in a tomato sauce. Mm-hmm. It's completely different. Yeah. Completely different. If you go to H-E-B, guys, if you go to H-E-B right now, it comes in a blue can. It's just Heinz baked beans. Those are the baked beans they're talking about when they put on toast. Mm-hmm. And on these jackets, They're like English breakfast, completely separate than the baked beans that we have yeah. at like barbecues and stuff like that. Right. Which you know, those are two different things, two different flavor profiles. One sweet, one savory. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Still yeah. miss me with putting tomatoes yeah, the, on yeah, tuna. The, yeah, the, the, the tuna is still what trips me up. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, that's fucking gross. Well, he explains to me this is fire, it's delicious, and all that stuff. Well, on the TikTok I watched because I go pull up the TikTok to go show him. I didn't watch it all the way. I saw the fucking three ice cream scoops of tuna going on top of baked beans. I thought to myself, there ain't no way that people like this is crazy. These people are insane. And then the, the camera pans back and he's got a line like around the block for this, like these abominations of, of baked potatoes. And I was like, well, for these rations, I can't be like, like how can all of these people enjoy this? And I'm just like, no, like this is not right. So what I did. You made one? Yeah, I sure did. Oh, my God. I actually bought three cans of baked beans. Heinz baked beans. Bought three cans. And uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to make this as close as I can. It seems pretty straightforward. Make the baked beans. Get a tuna. Only a little bit of mayo. You don't want to go crazy on the mayo. You don't need the mayo. You just, you're just getting the tuna for the meat. You're not really in it for the flavor of the tuna. I know I'm white. You don't have to, like, scold me on mayo. Yeah, I, okay. I don't like a whole bunch of mayo on stuff. Okay, okay. Well, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Slow down, guys. Slow down. I see I see that pigment. <laughs> Derek, I need, you need to cut back on your mayo. You need way too much mayo. I know you are. I don't know you are, but I know you are, right? So, so yeah. So, anyway. So I make these, I get Texas russets, you know, like oh, in, 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 in Texas, we can make some big baked potatoes. Oh yeah. But the way this guy does them, they, they actually evolved the bigger potato to hold more barbecue. Yeah. So the way this guy does it in the TikTok is uh, he makes two baked potatoes and he cuts them in half, directly in half. Mm-hmm. And when he puts them in your tray, you actually have three halves of potato in a triangle to form a triforce of t- potato that opens up to make this like giant bowl of potato. That's art. It's the art. This man knows what he's doing. This, so once I saw that, I was like, well, I can't be, this is, this he's done this before. So I air fry my potatoes, which is the only way to do it nowadays. Like okay. if you if you want to, if you have a eight to five job, you can't be spending 12 hours making a potato. You got stuff to do. Get your potato made. Okay. So what are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, 
I open this <laughs> I open this potato up, get it going. I make sure it's like like when I'm talking soft, like I want this thing like like almost mashed potatoes inside my baked potato. Yeah, but with like a, a a hearty skin. So I rub it with oil, make the perfect baked potato. I like it was almost sinful to do what I did to this. It, thing. it felt like you were taking this perfect little baby potato. Yeah, doing it up all nice. And then just throwing it on the ground. And sacrificing it to dark gods. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Okay. So while this is going, I'm making this baked beans. And keep in mind, this was my dinner. For breakfast, I had had toast and baked beans. Okay. So you're just trying to like ease into the palate. I was like, I need to taste baked beans first. I've got three cans. I've got it. I'll bust open a couple cans today. Okay. Fire. Delicious. Hell yeah. All right. Sold, I also bought, you sold on the English breakfast. I also bought uh, HP sauce. Okay, brown yeah. sauce. Yeah, House, House brown sauce. Parliament. Yeah, it is not gravy. I thought this when he said brown sauce, he was talking about gravy. It's not gravy. No, 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 no. That that's like a that's like a thing. That's a whole thing. Yeah, it is. Uh, actually, hold on. Is it House of Parliament? I, I don't. I don't remember what HP stands for. I know it's not Harry Potter. Hang tight. Okay, so that's HP sauce. Yeah. Essentially A1. That, that's what we call it here down in the States. Yeah, A1 sauce. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so A1 sauce, very similar to brown sauce. Uh, it's, like, it, it's like a steak sauce. It's like a steak sauce, what it tastes like. Okay. So, anyway, put that on my toast. Uh, basically, I just went flat on it. I got scolded for my toast to beans ratio. Apparently, I need way more beans. Uh, I also was told that the correct way to do it and the best way to do it was to take... Uh, three pieces of bread and put them into toast. So what you actually want is two white pieces of bread and a the butt of the bread. Yeah, the heel. The heel, okay. And you're supposed to get that all going. The heel is supposed to serve as a bowl in the middle of the plate and have all the beans put on that. And then you're supposed to cut the rest into triangles and put them around it. And then you're supposed to take your triangles and grab beans with the triangles. I'm not trying to have... Bean, just beans and bread nachos. It's good. It, it's I mean, worth I'm it. I'm not doubting it's... It's, just, it's fucking really good. I'm, I'm, if I'm having toast, I'm smothering it Southern style. Yeah, yeah. Well, they get soggy if you do. So this keeps... I eat it with a fork. This maintains your crunch. Okay. So it maintains... Like the same way... Okay, consider this. All right. Would you rather have a bowl of quesos and chips or would you rather have chips with queso? I mean, because yeah, what happens? Just, what happens yeah, to those chips I mean, and the yeah. queso? They yeah, get it, soggy. It just, it just deteriorates. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's the same. I, mean, I, I, I same rules. Just, I would just assume to do it like chicken a la king. Yeah. Well, you know, what can I say? There's a couple. There's there's many ways to do it. But what happens is apparently your your heel gets all soggy and apparently it's fire soggy. I don't know. Whatever it is, what it is, I don't care. It was good. It was good. Okay. The mixture of the bread. The tomato-based beans and then the A1 sauce. It was a very hearty breakfast. Fire. Woke me up, full of protein, ready to go, ready for dinner, right? So dinner comes around, get my giant Texas russets, okay? Get my baked beans. I already know what baked beans taste like, okay? Mm -hmm. You open them up. I got this really heavy, like, big wide mouth bowl that holds my sopa put my potatoes in there put my butter slathered that bottom area with butter 
And then I put my shredded cheddar cheese first. So it's heated. Is that the kind of cheese they use? Yes, that's the kind of cheese they use. And it's very specific, the steps you take. Because you go potato, cheese, so the cheese melts. Mm -hmm. And then beans on top of the cheese. Yeah. So it melts the cheese down. Okay. And then tuna on top. That's the... That's the pattern. The cold tuna. Yeah. The fire. It was delicious, bro. It was so good. You don't taste tuna. It doesn't taste like tuna at all. It tastes, because the way the beans are, like if you ever had like shredded pork and then you mix it with baked beans, it just kind of tastes like shredded pork or it it tastes like shredded beans, I guess. Okay. It's like the tuna is only there. For texture. For texture. Okay. And then you get the potatoes in there, which is also more texture. And it becomes this like, it forms like this like perfect union of cheddar and beans. And then every once in a while you get some potato skin. It's fire, bro. It is so good. It is so good. Jake wouldn't eat it. Jake would not touch it. <laughs> he he wouldn't touch it. Wouldn't, like, it. wouldn't even come near it. And I kept <laughs> saying, I was like, bro, it's so good. Just stood around the corner hissing at it. Yeah. Yeah. But so good, dude. Absolutely. 100% worth it. I'm sorry if I've ever any podcast episode where i know i've made fun of this before i apologize because it was delicious this was so good it was just i'm just saying blue can of heinz beans give it a try that's wild even when i posted up the pictures on the discord into the food channel people were like what is that (laughs) and like the people from the uk were like you don't know about this like that is good Oh yeah, and, I mean, honestly, the food has been one of my favorite, like, like the the cultural like cultural exchange of like the food has been like my favorite part of like reaching out globally to the community like this. Yeah, uh, Jagatish in our in our in our Discord is by far like he's an actual chef. Yeah, like he's a professional chef, Hell and so yeah. some of the stuff he posts up is bonkers. Look at this. I'm about to <laughs> look at that. That's that, that, that. That's actually uh, bone marrow. Oh, okay. But where's my potato? There it is. That's Look how I... gross that looks, dude. <laughs> Look how disgusting that baked potato with beans and tuna looks. That, Look that how looks like something that Gordon that looks. Ramsay would yell at on Twitter. Look how <laughs> gross that looks. But it is fire. It's fire. Good to hear. It's yeah, unintentionally fire. I would suggest you guys try it if you're listening to this. Go, I mean, it is. I think altogether that meal was somewhere around three dollars. So, uh, yeah, take that with a grain of salt, you know. You know, in this economy, yeah. And that is, I couldn't finish that portion. That was too much, and I could have made two of those with the amount of of uh, tuna oh. I had, and so probably could have used a little bit of less mayo on my side, but. It is what it is. But you do use mayo with the tuna. Yeah, just a smidge. Just, just okay. It's just a smidge. I went hard with it, and I use Dukes, just because okay. I don't buy any other mayo. That's just the mayo. Yeah. Okay. So. Hell yeah. So, there's a little snippet for you guys at the end there. Well, I hope you guys have food handy because you're hungry now. I'm hungry as shit right now. <laughs> like after this talk, like I'm hungry as hell right now. I mean, if we're just going off about British food, I mean, I had a, a little, I guess. Near miss with some stuff. Near miss. So, uh, twice now I've been denied fish and chips from this place. Denied? Yes. Like they told you no or? Kind of. So, uh, 
about maybe six months ago, I was uh, helping my dad with a job for his PA, and there's a place in Houston called The Pub. Uh, apparently, they look uh, they look like they've got good uh, fish and chips, like British-style cod. Yeah, it seems like a name that would have that. Yeah. So uh, we had stopped there while, like, me, my dad, and his business partner, and we get, like, some advertiser, appetizers, get some drinks, hang out, and I'm, like, looking at the menu, I'm like, I could go for some fish and chips. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. me some proper British-style fish and chips. A little bit of vinegar, yeah. A little bit of malt vinegar. I'm not too big on the malt vinegar, but just a little bit, you know? And come to find out, we don't stay for food. They just get appetizers and get some drinks. I'm like, all right, cool, ready to roll. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. I didn't know we were going to stop at a restaurant and not, like, get food. Oh, so did you order it no. and didn't get it? Oh, okay. No, it's just they, they came by, like, y'all, you want anything else? And I don't I don't jump in and say, yeah, let's, let me get some of this. Let me get, they're like, yeah, just this. I think we're good. We're going to take off. I'm like, shit, okay, well, that's news to me. Dang. <laughs> so next time you know. So I put a little pin in. I'm like, this place looks like they got good fish and chips. Okay. So... Uh, about a month ago, I was taking my mom up to Houston for a doctor for a doctor's appointment. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm like, all right, so what do you want for lunch? I'm like, well, there's this place right over here. It's called the Pub. Yeah, so I swing over there and we go. Put in an order. She gets like the the catfish. I put in for the fish and chips. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm gonna try these try these bad boys out. Your mom, get on your mom for the catfish. That's that's a pff, yeah, that's a play. That's a solid play. So uh, waitress comes back. We don't have the cod. We are out of the cod. No, do no. Not, I do not. I do not know why, but we do not have the cod. So, like, it, let me get the shrimp. The shrimp was really good. The catfish was really good. God, I can only so. imagine you know how that. good yeah, the cod must have been good. Like, and they're out of it. That means they, they sold out. Yeah, it was sold out, or there's an issue with the prep. They didn't order enough of it, or some. I don't know. Either way, I'm, I'm, my mind is everybody bought the cod. That's why I couldn't get it. So this is the best wait, cod in town. Wait, the shrimp was really good. The catfish was really good. God dang. And I just want to say, if you're in Texas and you call a dish fish and chips and I order it and I get catfish and potato chips, I'm going to be upset. That has happened before. I wouldn't be upset. I'd be, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, I love catfish. I mean, you put, you can say, or if I order a burger and you brought me catfish, hold on. Okay. Well, this is your burger down here. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Okay, I'm, you know, if I wanted, if I ordered nachos and you brought me catfish, I'd be like, oh, okay. If I, if, I, if I want the catfish, I order the catfish and I get the catfish, that's fine. I can eat catfish at any day of the, like any point of the I'm day. Not, I'm if I ordered that. a breakfast taco and you brought me a fried catfish, I'd, oh, that's what I'm eating this morning. That's fine. I'm not knocking catfish, especially fried up. Like I said, the catfish this place did, it's pretty good. It's pretty good catfish. But. If I look at your entree for fish and chips and I read the entree and I read the description and I order it and I get catfish and I'm surprised by that, I, I think, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not happy. What did I have? Speaking of, like this really good like segue into yeah a, uh, do you remember that Gorilla Gourmet trailer? That we had that was like going around and like selling gourmet food. I remember hearing about it. I don't think I've ever had it though. Okay. I, think I missed out on So that. we went for Gorilla Gourmet breakfast one time. And I ordered Gorilla Gourmet breakfast with uh like I had basically had like this like pretty large omelet and toast. Like it's like this bowl, like a breakfast bowl that had like 
bacon and cheese, scrambled eggs, and it's just like everything you'd want in like a breakfast bowl. It had that. And I was like, yeah. And I paid like $13 for this bowl. It was very expensive. But he's like supposed to be grilled like gourmet. Like he's supposed to be like, like next level. Next level food. And he told me when he handed me the bowl, he said, hey, I put a little surprise in there for you. So now, if you were thinking what hidden surprise could be inside of your breakfast bowl, what would that be? Cadbury egg. <laughs> I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised, and um, uh, actually, probably less mad than uh, when I did find the surprise. Maybe like a maybe like a pepper, like a jalapeno in there or something, right? Like like maybe just stick in like a corn dog or something. Yeah. So I had a two by two cube of cod in there. Oh, <laughs> so you can imagine fried cod, no, not fried cod, uh, like grilled cod. Okay. Basically, I knew there was fish in there somehow. <laughs> the whole time I was eating, I was like, "Say a little fishy." Like maybe they used the same pan to make some fish and put the. Now nah, you just just a scoop a cod in there. Just a, I, that's why I've never eaten there again. I was like, "Why would you even think I wanted a hey, two by two cube of cod just for you?" Don't ever put something like that <laughs> inside my breakfast omelet bowl again. Like, why would you, like, think about eating something with... So, already the connotation of somebody handing you food, say, hey, I put a little surprise in there for you, and it gives you a little wink. It's 100% the way it happened, yeah. Like, that, that's already, like, you that happens to you, and you have to gauge, how much do I trust this person? Yeah, I didn't. I was like, this is like, he's like a hot in town. It's Gorilla Gourmet. Like, this is the guy that fed everybody during the hurricane. Well, like, you trust the reputation. Yeah, I trust the reputation of him. But, you know, I've seen waiting. And this was... This was uh, $13 like pre-pandemic. Like this was like expensive. This was like $25 post-pandemic <laughs> food. Okay. It's like this was like a expensive breakfast bowl. And so like for him to go, oh, I put a little surprise in there. I'm thinking like maybe he put like a sausage patty maybe, in there. Maybe he hooked me up with extra cheese. Yeah. Maybe there's like, maybe there's something in here. Maybe he put like a little biscuit in here or something. Maybe you know? he was supposed to use two eggs. He had three eggs left in the carton. He didn't want to grab it. You know, he didn't want to just have one carton kicking around with one egg. Maybe threw an extra, you know. Extra but egg. as I'm eating this thing, I could tell like, there's like something, there's a fishy flavor in here. Because once fish touches something, it, oh yeah, it becomes fish, whatever that is. Yeah. So I had a cod omelet, even though there was only a small piece of cod in there. Oh no, it touched fish. <laughs> it, that's the part of the pyramid it goes to now. Yeah, it's now fish. That's all fish. So uh, yeah. So speaking like <laughs> now, if that was a piece of catfish, <laughs> now wrapping this all back around. If that was a piece of catfish, he dropped in a piece of fried catfish. Now we're in business. That's okay. I'm fine with that. Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> put I'll put catfish in my eggs all day. Cod. Different story. So, yes, if somebody gave me catfish instead of my fish and chips, I'm fine with it. That's okay. okay. That's my. That's where I'm at at catfish. Okay. It's, it's fun to know that we've had equal and opposite experiences <laughs> <laughs> with catfish and cod. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a fun little bonus tangent for you guys. Yeah, all about the food. Sorry that you're hungry now. Hope you've got some means to remedy that. Yeah, I would, I would recommend if you're listening to this, go pick up some blue cans of Heinz. H-E-B sells them. I think Walmart does, too. Probably. Well worth it. Some that, some H-P. Where'd you get the H-P sauce? H-E-B. Okay. All the same order. There you go. They got everything over there. So I don't think I Good saw job, the Chris. H-P sauce at Walmart. 
when I looked for it. I also don't know if I was in the right spot. You just also buy A1. I know people aren't going to say you're not doing it right, but once you taste HP sauce, you're going to be like, okay, well, if I need HP sauce, I'm just going to grab A1 in the future. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't have a thing at A1 just because it... My steaks are fine. I, I am of the Hank Hill opinion of uh, if you need steak sauce, then what are you doing? Is HP sauce like A1? I mean, they might have like different balances and blends of what they've got, but the, the flavor profile I would say is cl- is very close to where they're... I, I would call them the same kind of sauce. Oh, it's very close to Heinz 57 now that I think about it. Okay. Yeah, it's very close. They're both like steak saucy. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys, we'll let you go. Hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, hopefully, if you're driving, you're driving safe. Hopefully, if you're traveling, maybe even back from LVO right now. Hopefully, this hits your ears and uh, you're Hell nice yeah. and safe. Thanks, guys. Bye. All that jazz.